2: Welcome to the Big Me Kickoff. I am your host, Kevin Noon, joined by Tony Gerdeman. It is Friday, and that means we are going live, and we're here to talk a little bit about the open week for your Ohio State Buckeyes. We got a lot of fun planned, but as usual, this is your show, so be sure to get your questions in. Be sure to get your comments in. You, If not, Tony and I are going to talk for about 15 minutes and be on with our days, so you guys really have to help us there. Tony, I'm not going to lay out for a long pause. That's your shtick. That's copyright infringement. But our things.
3: Kevin, thank you uh, for asking how things are going. Things are going fantastically well. As you said, it is Friday. We are, I, I don't want to say off this week because we're still working, but there's no game to go to, which means we get to watch football tomorrow. So I'm
2: excited. Absolutely. Uh, I was at Kroger today, out buying some beer for tomorrow, getting some things. I'm I'm doing a, a pork butt on the smoker. I'm going to get that on I haven't decided if I'm what temperature I'm doing it at. I might have to get it on at midnight. I might have to get it on at six in the morning, figuring that out. Ran into a viewer from all of our shows, from the Buckeye Huddle channel, and he wanted to take a picture with me. Said his wife would get a big kick out of it. So I don't know if he was being ironic or if he was being genuine there. I said, We're doing a show, too. He's like, Oh, I know. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's uh, you know, it, it's it's Heavy is the head that wears the crown. And that's why I had to get my my head my hair cut. But you know, we're running into a lot of that. Running into a lot of our great viewers out there.
3: Yeah, I'm now. I'm just hoping that when he t- when he took the picture home and showed it to his wife, she's like, "No, Tom or Tony," and it's like, I mean, it's Kevin, right? I mean, it's isn't that good? And she'd be like, "Well, I mean, I guess." That's how I imagine it going.
2: Well, we're in my neighborhood. I'm here in Pickerington. You, you, you live way north, and in and, and Tom may as well live in Pennsylvania. So, if, if if I'm making fun of somebody for living further east than me, it's got to be Pennsylvania, Maryland, England. I don't know. I mean, so no, no Tom today. We kicked him out. We voted him out uh, two to one. Actually, had uh, prior prior engagement and you're stuck with us. Um, you know, we already have a real question here from RK Legit News on Damon Wilson and you know, obviously we don't have Mark or Alex on, but uh everything is sounding promising. We saw Bryson Rogers get on with uh you know, kind of the cryptic good news tweet is coming and then Mark Gibler got on social with a little emoji with the sunglasses on and Alex has been pretty adamant and Sounds like the Buckeyes may be on their way to their first of the of potentially the three big defensive linemen on the board.
3: Yeah. And Damon Wilson is a different kind of guy. Like he's what's the comparison going on right now? Like Noah Spence in terms of size, he's like 6'3, 240 pounds, but he's he's explosive. And I think he's more explosive than any of the other guys that they're after right now. And he's he certainly when you watch him like he moves quickly i know when mark went to see him in person he said he's just like a different kind of athlete than essentially anybody that ohio state has right now and they've got some pretty good ones right now so that gives you an idea of what he could be bringing to ohio state if if he ends up committing and, and then of course signing so it would be a good start to what they think is going to be a pretty good defensive end class in 2023
2: yes exactly i mean you know and they still are after uh, keon Keeley. Who, you know, there seems to be a lot of debate whether or not Ohio State's going to be able to withstand that Alabama visit. And then, of course, DJ's uh, cousin, Mateo. And I'm just not going to butcher the last name. You want to disrespect somebody, screw up their name. So we'll just call him Mateo. And things are looking positive out there from the uh, California superstar defensive lineman. I uh, see in the comments, I haven't punched them up yet. People do see the cat walking around in the background. Uh, she wants her own show, too. I'm sorry about that. Um, let's keep going through some of the questions. That Todd nickname, certainly getting a lot of love. It was getting a lot of love over there on Buckeye Huddle, too. I you know, I may or may not have been part of that one. I'm sorry, I guess. Um, I don't
3: know. I don't know. Is is it getting love or just getting usage? I don't. I don't. Uh, I'm not providing any love. I am not. Uh, i'm not doing my part certainly in that but it is what it is the internet is forever and now here we are and nothing there's nothing certainly nothing that i can do about it at this point
2: no the more you push back the more it'll stick so you know you're kind of stuck there uh steve is smoking some skunk for tomorrow uh be sure to somehow shut down that that uh stink land i don't know but uh yeah, I mean, uh, any big plans for you, Tony, in terms of uh, the culinary side uh, for Saturday? A, gay, a day where we're not going to have to necessarily do anything. I've been kind of flirting with the idea of maybe popping on for a couple minutes after Penn State, Michigan. We'll We'll see if I have couple adult beverages or many where I'm at right there. But what about you? What are your plans?
3: I think I may just go grab some pizza before any of the games, because I'm not planning on going anywhere. This is an opportunity for me to just stay home and do nothing. So I'm going to take advantage of it. And I don't want to be going out for dinner or ordering anything. I Probably, although I'm making plans, my wife doesn't know this and she could change them at any minute, but I'm probably just going to grab some pizza at like 1130. I know I'm going to miss some of game day. It's going to be terrible. I'm going to be heartbroken about that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an easy, it's going to be pizza and uh, beer day. I don't know what time the beer starts because I do want to watch all of the games. And if it starts too early, then I won't care about the end of the the seven thirty games. I'll be too I'll be too tired. Too tired.
2: I mean, there is there is that chance for that little short cat nap in the middle of the day. I mean, you get through the get through the early games, and then if Alabama's up by seventeen on tennessee and you know that game loses some you know some of its luster you have the other you know the big 12 game with tcu and oak state you know wherever that one is i mean yeah i don't i don't i mean if i if i have to start this pork butt at six in the morning um i'm yeah i'm not going to start drinking at that point i'm going to get it on i I don't have to look at it for four hours at four hours i may have to get on and spritz it so i can do that but the problem is there's like a half hour of prep work that i'm going to have to do i've got to sit there and and massage it with the with the mustard and the molasses and get the rub on and turn the smoker on and all that good stuff. So, yeah, it, it, there certainly is the chance that too many beers could 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 end an early night for me.
3: You make a good point about the nap. I I I remember like two naps in my life that I just well three probably that I just could not get up from like could not resist, and these weren't like these are just a chair nap like a couch nap and uh, maybe another chair nap, but one of those was, it was in the 90s, it was t- Tennessee and Florida were playing, and I, I wanted to watch it, I just could not stay up for it, and it was like a three yeah, thirty 30 game, I may have taken some Benadryl or something, and I just couldn't, couldn't make it through, and I would just, you know, I'd miss quarters at a time on the couch, just trying, trying, trying to watch it, and just couldn't, so, um, you know, we only have like 13, 14 weeks a year of this, so I, I try, and then we only get a couple of those that we actually get to t- take part in and watch, and so I would like to make the most of it. But I know after like ten hours, you know, I, I can only take so much. And and God bless the people are like, you know, I'm I'm here for Hawaii too because I I just can't anymore.
2: No, no, I struggle, I struggle with the 7:30 games. At some point, I mean, I'm just you know just getting slower. I went and bought the uh, the 15 pack of of Coors Light pints. You know, we're not sponsored by Coors Light, but if you're watching Coors Light, love, love, love the resealable pints. Not that I ever close one back up and say, oh, that's enough for me. Two and a half is my limit uh, on, on Gruben, But that's, you know, kind of where, where I stand with that one. But, uh, you know, for those of you who are watching us, be sure to uh, subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of our great programming. You've got, uh, you know, you've got uh, the... Uh, I don't even remember the names of all the damn shows. You've got Buckeye's Tomorrow Morning, which is the Tom Orr show. You've got uh, Buckeye Weekly Podcast, which is Tony's show. Of course, you have the Big Me kickoff. Uh, Alex Lightman has a show. We're still in development on getting a recruiting show with, with Mark and Mark and Alex. I mean, but you're not going to know if you don't subscribe to the channel. And what really helps us, too, is hit that bell and, you know, give us give us that thumbs up. Give us that thumbs up. On account of three, everybody who's watching, and I know we only have... 35 on the line right now. It's, you know, unannounced show where it's still early. We'll probably be way up higher in about an hour, but in, in three seconds, hit me that thumbs up there. One, two, three, smash it. Hit that thumbs up for us. So, uh, thank you on there. Uh, RK and Dave, I'm seeing some questions coming in. I'm marking them as we get there, as we kind of, you know, we bob and weave a little bit as we get through this show and talk about things. Hardy Jens is a, obviously, a, a Pulp Fiction fan. Big Bigahuna Burger for me, mofos. Uh, that's a tasty burger. Say what again? <laughs> uh, Dale talking about the prep work is worth all the trouble. It is. And, you know, I, I in terms of getting the pork butt ready, and I'm making it sound like it's a huge undertaking. This isn't like trimming a brisket and having to go through all of that. It's pork butt is pretty darn easy. You sit there, you get a binder on it, you get a seasoning on it. And I was asked by Dave what my favorite uh, dry rub is. I use a lot of stuff either from Rectech who makes my smoker. I like Meat Church products as well. One day I'll make my own, but I, I, I when I got into this hobby, I just bought like every seasoning I can find. And I've just got this giant tub of them out of my garage. So I'm going to go out there later this afternoon and uh, check that out. Uh, this Once we're done with this show, I'll go down to the kitchen, make a Carolina vinegar sauce, uh, because that needs almost 24 hours to marry up nicely. So uh, there you go with that. Uh, we will get to some more of the smoking questions there, but I know we get people come in. It's like, I thought this was a football show. You guys are always talking about food. And then of course, my favorite thing, when I go in and I read the comments and somebody in not so many words is like noon, you're fat. Well, i like cooking. So, you know, never, never trust a skinny chef. That's all I got to say there.
3: I mean, plus you got to make sure the food is good as you're, after you've made it and make sure that it stays good and then make sure that it's gone. You don't want to waste it. So you gotta consume your own product
2: you know right right well you got it you got to taste it and you i mean the thing is is 10 pound pork butt i mean it's two of us here i mean we're we're going to be eating this for a while and that's always been that's always been the big problem for me you know you want to cook a 16 pound brisket you you go to costco and you buy a three pack of ribs you know three slabs it's just like never going to get through all this and everybody all of my friends have informed me i live in the middle of nowhere so it's it's hard to get people to come over and you Know if I'm not going to sit there and be that guy passing the collection bucket, but uh, you know, with, with, meat's getting more expensive these days, folks. Uh, Steve's saying, don't forget to, to do beer. I, I'm gonna, oh, don't forget the beer. I'm gonna have beer. I'm gonna have beer. I mean, certainly not cracking one open before 12. You know, there are boundaries here. You know, we're you know, this America. I gotta, I gotta, you know, I gotta be calm with that, but you know, um. I'm just checking through here. There's uh let's get to let's get to some of the questions that we got here. Uh, RK with another one. Will Jordan Hancock play this year?
3: Yeah, he's going to play. The I think at this point they were wanted to get him back practicing, and it sounds like that may be going on now. And then uh, hopefully they will have him back for Iowa. I think is the current plan. Hoping to get a bunch of players back for that Iowa game and then just go on from there and be healthy the rest of the year, ideally. But, yeah, he's going to play this year. Um, I think it was Day that said that there, there was – maybe Day or Noel talking about how there was a plan for – Day said he wanted Jordan Hancock to – he thought he would um, compete for the starting job before the season. And so it it will still take him some time to get back and then maybe compete for a starting job after he's been back playing in games for a little while. But, you know, the way that – every You remember, Kevin, the way they were talking about this guy—like he was, he was the third corner, but it didn't sound like he was um, unable to be the first or second corner based on how he would eventually start playing. Like there was, there was definitely some, some hype for him
2: coming into the year. Absolutely. I mean, part of a very talented uh, defensive back class in his class with Kalen Johnson and Denzel Burke and you know, I know right now at this point there certainly is, you know, a lot of consternation about Denzel Burke's play, and then, you know, we go into the Michigan State game, and and, uh, it looks like the Spartans try to pick on Cameron Brown a little bit at that point, and it's really a 50-50 ball type of situation, and as I said on a show earlier this week, and a show that I was, that that will drop tomorrow in terms of somebody else's show, these 50-50 balls have been more like 80-20 against Ohio State. I mean, you know, it takes a throw, it takes a catch and, you know, things are teams are executing. I mean, Ohio State's not the only team out there that can execute plays. And, you know, you you do want to see the defensive backs in a better position, but it just hasn't happened yet.
3: And I wrote about that today with both Ryan Day and, and Jim Knowles talking about what this week of practice was going to be and they were going to be focused on those 50-50 balls. I almost called them the 80-20 balls. But some of the stuff that Jim Knowles also talked about is that it's not just – the ball hitting the guy. It's not that just that moment where the ball is meeting both the receiver and a defensive back. It's also, what does the corner do at the line to jam the receiver? If, if they are like matched up at that point, or if it's off coverage, like what, what situations have led to that ball being thrown? And is it a situation where they're picking on somebody? Is it a situation where they have seen something in Jim Knowles defense that they are attacking So that's what Jim Knowles was talking about. Like, well, Ryan Day and Jim Knowles both want the, the corners to finish better with the ball near them. He is looking, Knowles is looking to see if it's something that he is doing himself with the scheming that is allowing or making teams think that they can do this and succeed with it. So he's going to be examining his own play calling and things like that. But I'll just keep going back to the fact that if, the best weapon an offense has against your defense is a 50-50 ball. You've already lost. Like if you can't do anything else other than that, that's not a game plan to win. And, you know, I had somebody tweet at me, like, you know, talking about all of these critical 50-50 balls and key moments that Ohio State has given up. They've yet to allow a touchdown in a second half in a meaningful moment. So like they're giving up some plays and, this is the most uh, egregious thing that defense is doing right now. And it's not all that egregious, if you think about it. And it's not necessarily leading to points in critical times. Of course, they haven't played any offenses that can, you know, capitalize on that stuff. But th- and, and that's going to start changing. But I think it's, it's, it's not overblown. Yeah, it probably is overblown. But it's also something that needs to get fixed, if, if those two can coexist.
2: Well, and Jim knows told us this week as we had the opportunity to talk to Ryan Day and then three assistant coaches, uh, players were given interview responsibilities off this week. Uh, You know, it's it's it, it, it all rides with him. It's his fault. I mean, he's not I mean, he's not there to blame the players. I mean, it's his it's it's his position groups. I mean, it's his defense and. You know, he goes, he went back to, you know, his time. Where, where was it when he was at Duke under uh, David Cutcliffe that he kind of learned some of those lessons? Well, I mean, I don't remember the story. Yeah,
3: no, that was everything that happens during the game. Everything bad that happens during a game is Jim Knowles fault because he didn't prepare the players well enough. He's asking them to do stuff that they're not able to do. And this also allows the players to play more free. They're not worried about making mistakes because if they make a mistake it's not my fault it's Jim Knowles fault so like i here here's an example when you said hey let's go live today i wasn't sure if this would be a buckeye weekly or if this would be a big me kickoff once it's once i find out it's a big me kickoff i have no pressure i can screw up and it's not my fault it's your fault because it's your show i have like i have no responsibilities here and and so i'm i'm much much freer in fact i've been drinking since 11:30 a.m.
2: yeah probably mountain dew or something all jacked up on Mountain Dew. I'm and Pixie Sticks. Ah! Yeah. Um, well, I hadn't done a Big Me this week, so yes, it is under the Big Me banner. But of course, you can find it all on YouTube.com/slash Buckeye Huddle, and also on our audio podcasting channel, where you can find all of our shows throughout all of the podcast verse. I don't know. Is that like the multiverse? I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. But you can find us on iTunes, uh, you know, I don't know. What are, what are Spotify, all those? Yes. It's Apple Podcasts, Kevin,
3: please. And Spotify, Google Music, some even Amazon Music, but I know we're not, nobody uses that. So I don't know that we're all there, but generally all of your other podcast platforms that you've chosen to use, we are
2: there. Let's find our next question right here. RK is Lotus up. We're going to get to them all, RK. I promise. But I want to, I want to make sure that we hit everything here, Dave. So, so what are the Buckeyes' schedule with an off week? I assume getting healthy is job one. Absolutely. I mean, you've got to work on that. I mean, you you're going into Iowa. You got you, know, you have two weeks to prepare there. But you know what was it? Three practices this mm-hmm. week. I mean, they're, you, this week you get to work kind of internally in terms of on what it is you do as opposed to working on install for your next opponent. But I think there are probably a lot of guys that are seeing more mental reps or things of that nature and probably a little bit more time in with the uh, with the training staff.
3: Yeah. And it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practices is what they're saying. So that probably means Friday and Saturday often and then come in Sunday for some you know, regular stuff, not no practice until I think Monday, but uh, you know, so guys can maybe go home, go see some high school football, stuff like that. But there's still going to be so many guys that just come in every day because you know, if you're not working a day and somebody else is somebody else is moving past you. And so when you want a big 10 championship, a national championship, it's really difficult to take days off and be able to, pick up where you left off and and continue to get better so it's 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 telling that college football has changed so much from like 20 years ago when guys would 20 30 years ago and guys would go home for the summer and it's like now you, you if you go home for the summer don't come back like you, you're not gonna have a spot if you if you do that and so it's almost like that for a weekend as well uh, except uh what was it after the 2020 season when ryan day told his team like go away like go go be with your family Come back and in, in a couple of weeks, just go spend time with your family. It was obviously a different time then, but, uh, you know, see how many guys get to a high school game tonight and are right back at the whack tomorrow.
1: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore, air to ground.
4: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Well, it's a lot different than 2020 when guys were home because of what was going on in the world, and we're building squat racks or putting rocks in a uh, in a backpack. I mean, you know, you have some you have some pretty nice facilities at Ohio State, so uh, you know you're not necessarily going to get that at home unless your last name is Boren And I mean, they have a full blown gym in their house, but uh, you know, it's 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 pretty nuts with all of that, but. You know, this is also a week that coaches are out recruiting. And, you know, I've seen some people who've come in a little bit late who have wanted to know about the Damon Wilson news. Once again, things are sounding positive there. Nothing has happened. There's been no public commitment at this point. But whether or not you believe in crystal balls or future castes, casts or magical orbs of wonderment or, or tarot cards or whatever, everything seems to be trending right with the talented uh, defensive lineman out of Venice, Florida.
3: Yeah, for sure, and like like I was saying earlier, just an explosive dude who gets off the ball really, really quickly, gets up the line quickly, and is a difference maker. It could be somebody who plays pretty quickly for an Ohio State defensive end group that will be losing Zach Harrison, Javante Jean-Baptiste, Tyler Friday. Like They're going to have to restock that a bit, and they've got three guys that are freshmen right now, and Cade, Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson and Omari Abor. But you got to continue to replenish, and this is this is a good one to 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 do that with, assuming he, he does eventually commit sign.
2: Right. So you know they're hopeful on on three that are still out there running the table, going three for three, maybe a little bit of a stretch goal, but you know certainly not out of the realm of possibility. Going two for three, I and mean, that's that's huge. I mean that would be huge. I mean even get. Really, if they went 0 for 3, that would, you know, that would be, you know, the womp womp, sad trombone and everything else. I, you know, they're not going to go 0 for 3. I mean, they're just not going to go 0 for 3 unless the world absolutely changes. So are they going 1 for 3? Are they going 2 for 3? Are they going 3 for 3? You know, 3 for 3 seems to be a bit of a stretch, but, you know, you just, you never know. I mean, people are like, well, you only have two defensive linemen on, you know, two, two defensive ends on at a time or whatever, but you get into a Rushman package. I mean, they're there's certainly going to be opportunities, whether or not, you know, you're an end or a tackle or whatever. I mean, if they're going to sit there and it's a pass rushing situation, you're, you're going to get thrust in there. I mean, just look at, I mean, different position, but look at Michael Hall, two and a half sacks on seven plays. If we add that eighth play, which was negated by a penalty, Mm -hmm. really, he should have had three and a half sacks.
3: Yeah. Hitting the quarterback on half of his snaps basically is impressive. And if, if you're asking me like which of the three, if they could only have three or one of the three, I would say Damon Wilson is the guy to go get. Cause I, he, he could also project as that Jack role as well. Cause based on his size and his athleticism and yeah, I'm with you. Like there's, there's room for everybody. There's room for all three, but we know like once you get that second one in that third one is like, well, my playing time has just diminished. Even if, even if you're still going to play, it's like, well, I'd rather have 35 snaps than 25. And so now you, you go somewhere else where you can play 35, 45, because then the other college coaches get in the ear, they start negatively recruiting. Like, well, you're, you, you know, you could play you, you so many more snaps at our place. You Yeah. You're, you're very good and you can play there, but there's just not enough snaps for everybody to go around. We're here, you know, we're looking, we'll need you like 45 snaps a game. And then you know, imagine what that does for your NIL, and imagine what that does for your your, your um the NFL attention. So there's all of that go- that goes into it, and we see it all the time where, you know, there will be the this trio or four players that that really like Ohio State, and then once the first two get in, the others start looking elsewhere because if you're not in not the first or the second one, then your your playing time or whatever it just it looks like it's going to be impacted, and so then other schools can come in and really start singing some songs to you.
2: Yeah. And you always can have a safety school like Bama behind, you know, I mean, if that's, you know, if that's what happens there, but uh, you know, I want to get to a question that there's been a lot of chatter about. It's been asked multiple times. I have this one saved here from Eric Biddle. Who are we pulling for Penn state or meat chicken?
3: Well, I, uh, I think you have to, and when I would write the tip sheet every every year, it's always saying root for Michigan. But every time I write that, somebody would respond, I can't root. You're an idiot asking me to root for Michigan. And so I know Buckeye fans won't root for Michigan. The vast majority of them won't. But, you know, it, it's it's a situation where Michigan, if they win this game against Penn State, they're likely to be 11-0. And if Ohio State beats Michigan at an at, at 11-0 Michigan, a top four Michigan, possibly a top three Michigan, who knows, that's going to be a tremendous win. That's going to be very good for the Buckeyes' resume and getting where they need to be in terms of what whatever venue they want. Um, and I don't know that Penn State runs the table if they beat Michigan. So I think you root for the team that is going to be the highest ranked, you know, for Thanksgiving weekend, and I think that's Michigan.
2: Let me let me ask you two questions, and I ask everybody in our chat about this as well. Question number one, if Michigan is 11-0 and, and Ohio State's 11-0 and, and Ohio State beats them, and there's already this perceived bias and grapevine about the SEC, does it really matter? And two, I mean, I want to ask these together, and two, do you want Michigan going into the game – with as much to play for as Ohio State does? Or do you want a Michigan team that's already kind of stubbed its toe? And you can make the argument on the other side saying, well, ruining Ohio State's chances, and, I mean, and then getting into potentially a three-way tie break and everything else are still gonna have stuff to play there for, but do you, do you want them having the same stakes that Ohio State does in that game? Or do you want a team that's, you know, if they're not already, you know, if they're not already playing out the string, you know, it's gonna take, you know, it's going to take some help to get them there
3: no those are two very good points i would say if you know you're going to win yes you want michigan to be at 11 or no because that hurts michigan if you don't know then michigan already having a loss and having some doubt that probably helps and the fact that michigan could ruin ohio state season they can do that at 11 or no they could do that at six and five so you know they're they're going to be they'll that's that's a bonus is ruining the season, and that can be no matter what their record is. So I think you make some interesting points there. And I I also think we talk about Ohio State, if they get that number one seed, they can play wherever they want. They're going to be out west regardless, almost regardless. So, you know, it's almost like it doesn't matter whether they're one, two, or three. Like the only way they're going to be playing in the south is if they're the fourth seed. And the only way they are the fourth seed is to maybe lose in the regular season and win the big 10 championship game like is that how else do they become a fourth seed when you're looking at alabama georgia
2: but what if the four i mean what if ohio state's the one and the four is usc then you play this play in the south so i mean there Mm -hmm. there is there is that scenario and you know we're getting we're putting the cart you know way before the horse there you know, USC's look good so far. They're gonna to get to play Utah this week in a game that, you know, I'm really interested in, even though Utah's looked a little bit more mortal than maybe what, what it was last season. But, you know, is is SC really as good as all the pundits are saying that it is, or you know, again, I'm I'm kinda of waiting for the Alex Grinch defense to arrive and be like, All right, well, we're okay. We'll just do whatever we want. And just, you know, and and, and it turns into one of those 38, 35 shootouts.
3: How does USC get to be number four with Ohio State being number one? Does it require
2: um a weird split in the sec probably? A, a and, weird... and does a,
3: a one lost team move ahead of an undefeated USC?
2: Well, I mean, I guess it depends on I guess it depends on what your opinion of the Pac 12 is. I mean, if if mm-hmm. if if you look at the Pac 12 and you're like, well. Oregon is up even 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 with its early season loss and Washington's up and Utah is half bad and UCLA is undefeated at this point of the season. If we if we see some value in the Pac-12 and you win the Pac-12, it might be hard to sit there and say well we're going to drop you to 4. And, you know, if you're a skeptic like I am, I just, you know, I could see them really trying to keep two SEC teams from playing each other in a national semifinal game especially if it's a rematch of the SEC championship game. So, I mean, is there going to be a team that's going to come out of the SEC West that doesn't go to Atlanta, that is strong enough, that has a a better resume than the team that comes out of the East, Georgia? And and do you have a situation there? So, I mean, I think that Ohio State being a one and whether it's, you know, a Pac-12 champion or a a Big 12 champion being a four – is probably a little bit of a stretch but you know stranger things have happened we also saw in 2014 uh, you know a, a team move up a couple of spots after hanging a 59 burger on on Wisconsin
4: 18 plus
3: yeah maybe we see georgia and tennessee like could could make it the the loser being their only loss being to the sec champion and is that really a huge terrible loss assuming like the winner of that game also beats alabama and in the sec championship game and if it's it's tennessee they beat alabama twice i mean you know that's there, there's so much yet to happen. And I, I'm just, you tried to talk through these scenarios, you're like, boy, boy, but then this would have to happen, which would make this have to happen. And uh, it's just Ohio State being one um, could happen for sure. I, I just, I feel like they're just going to end up out west no matter what happens.
2: Well, of course, because that is going to be the most expensive path. For fans and for media and everybody else, but for anybody who's not gone out and seen a game out at University of Phoenix, whatever it's called now, Stadium out there in Glendale, Arizona, it it is a fun trip. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people that are going to hold back and say, I'm putting all my chips in on L.A. and SoFi. And you know, I get it. I mean, I go back to when I was a college student or shortly out of college, and the idea of traveling to all that stuff was was foreign. You know, it was more foreign than some of Elon Musk's space exploration thoughts. I had, you know, that I, I nobody does that. I'm I, I can't afford to get a jar of mayonnaise. I mean, how the hell is anybody going to do that? So, uh, but traveling with Ohio State, and and I use that term loosely. We're not on we're not on the plane. We're not eating with them or anything. But traveling with Ohio State. It's a lot of fun. You, you you certainly meet a lot of fun fans out there. And, you know, whatever Ohio State's postseason, uh, you know, plans are, you know, we'll be there with Buckeye Huddle. So be sure to keep it locked in at BuckeyeHuddle.com. If you're not a member, be sure to read the scroll down below. I mean, just a fantastic site. Uh, we got, you know, a great collaboration of writers and analysts. Tom, Tony, myself, we all cover the team directly. I mean, we're coming to the merging of seasons. Basketball is only a couple of weeks away with a – November one opener against Chaminade, I believe, and then you know we have Mark Givler and Alex Lightman covering recruiting. We've got a great team of analysts with Ross uh, Fulton, Justin Whitlatch, Devin Ratcliffe, and then we've even brought on somebody else uh, with with Derek Webb, who's helping us with some team coverage as well. So Buckeye Huddle, all for the price of just you know a trashy pizza a month. Come out for a month. Just give us a month. Let us win you over. I'm sure, I'm sure you'll like it. So get in the huddle, get in the know. Don't miss a single thing at BuckeyeHuddle.com. All right. right, let's. Uh, but, we you know, we haven't really – I don't know if we've delved far enough into the Penn State-Michigan matchup, because I think we could probably talk about this for a little bit. I mean, I think – not to say we don't have a lot of great questions in the queue, but two teams, you know, that haven't really faced much this year – I, I wouldn't call them like similar teams in terms of everything that they do, but you know it seems to be two teams that are that are are driven by their star running back. Blake Corum has proven a lot at this point. I think that Nick Singleton is probably a little bit more on speculation. We've seen some good games there. Uh, you know, uh, Sean Clifford is is the crafty old veteran at quarterback, and a lot of people are clamoring for the young guy and, and Drew Allar. Whereas Michigan a little bit backwards and they've got the young guy out there but just how good is J.J. McCarthy and you know let's just stop with that offenses you know as we're talking offenses there I mean who has an advantage offensively in your opinion in this game because you know I, I think I went into the season really believing that Penn State had just some dudes at receiver with you know Parker Washington with the Western Kentucky transfer Mitchell Tinsley and it just hasn't come to pass and then you know Michigan has its dudes and honestly, I couldn't pick out Cornelius Johnson in a crowd of two. I mean, I just – I don't know why their receivers don't jump off the page to me.
3: Well, I think with Michigan's receivers, it's odd because you one game they could have, you know, five catches for 80 yards, and the next game they have one catch for six yards. Like, anybody can be that guy, and except for their tight end, Luke Schoonmaker, who is like J.J. McCarthy's security blanket at this point. And I don't know if it's just a product of the offense product of not throwing the ball all that much, but their receivers all have potential. Cornelius Johnson is just a guy he's, you know, I could compare him to somebody like, you know, Austin Mack who, who will make plays, but isn't going to be the guy that we have to lock him down. If we shut him down, then they can't do anything. Like he's just, he's going to be a guy running routes and, a bigger body guy that can move the chains. Ronnie Bell is, is very good, but you know, JJ McCarthy isn't, hasn't been accurate downfield yet. So a lot of these downfield routes almost are a waste of time because he's more accurate short yardage stuff right now that may change, but Penn state's defensive backs are good. Jair Brown at safety and and Joey Porter jr. Is one of the best corners in the nation. So I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup, seeing what he can do. I would probably put the over under on like six and a half catches for Luke Schoonmaker in this one. And this is going to be the first test, I think, for Michigan's defense. And I've I've been expecting more from that Penn State receiving group, and it's not been there. But they've been able to get some big big plays from Nick Singleton in in the running game, and you know, will that continue? Because I I've I've seen some ability to run the ball in Michigan in spurts. Nobody's really been able to do it in a sustained way. And Penn State hasn't really been able to run on teams in a sustained way since Saquon Barkley or, you know, um, the guy they had after him. But I think this is going to be a close one. I don't think it's going to be super high scoring, something like 28-24, something in that range. And I think that's actually over, because I think the over is like 50 and a half or 51. And I do think Michigan wins by a score, but I think it's a fourth quarter game. I know Tom disagrees with me on that one, but um you know I, I I'm, I'm taking Michigan, but I think they could be in trouble and uh, if, if they're not and they can and they convince, win convincingly, then this will be the best game for them. And then that'll tell me more about them because shutting down Iowa or whatever means nothing to me and scoring 24 or 27 on Iowa really means nothing to me because it's just a long con. It's just like you're just wearing out Iowa's defense because they have no hope, no offense, so they, they eventually just get worn down. This is going to be some, I think some heavyweight shots from both teams in this one, and we'll see what Michigan does to
2: stay standing. My question is, all right, we've seen – They don't have Hassan Haskins anymore, and he, you know, he brutalized Ohio State last season. Blake Corum is the guy who carries the mail for them, certainly was among the finalists for the September Heisman. Uh, You know, they, 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 they rely on him a lot, and he certainly has gotten dinged up along the way. Donovan Edwards has missed some time this year, and they've proven that they have zero depth behind there. I mean... Is, do you think Blake Horm's going to be somebody, if they ride him the way that they've been riding him, is going to make it to game 12 this season at, 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 at that rate?
3: He might make it to game 12, but will have missed games 8 through 10. You know, something like that where yeah, he, he can't continue on the, the 30 carries, 29 carries. Um, you know, so his last three games, 30, 29, and 25. And the last two weeks he's been under five yards carry, which isn't good. And that's the last week was against Indiana. Now I will say last week's game against Indiana had the Mike Hart situation. So you can excuse a guy of running back, certainly for not being at his best in that game. Once he sees that happen to his position coach. But I still think like, this is why you need to get the receivers, the ball more and maybe involve them more in the running game. If you want to run the ball, like Ohio State last week, getting the receivers involved in the running game because they were thin at running back. You know, do that. Don't don't just ride Blake Coram into the ground because he's your best player. And it would be great to have him for an entire season. And that's something that hasn't been able to happen before because he's he's not the biggest guy. But any running back is going to be worn down if you get if they're carrying the ball 28 straight times or 28 times a game. Over the course of a month. And, you know, this game, you would think that that's going to continue because they're going to, have to do everything they can to win. And they trust him more than anybody else. And so, you know, as we know, if Jim Harbaugh is just going to continue to do what he thinks will work this time, and the, the thing that works more often than not is Blake Corum uh, until it doesn't.
2: I just don't know what my feelings are on this game and I meant to pull up winsipedia to kind of look at what the you know what the trends have been and things there. I mean, this is this is one of those games that prior to last year I would say Penn State's going to win Michigan folds in these types of games, but then again so does Penn State. You know, James Franklin's all about elite 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 being an elite team, you know, but a much more ironic and different elite than PJ Fleck talks about in in Minnesota, but, you know, have, has Michigan been able to turn a corner in terms of these types of games? I mean, we certainly have not, you know, the college football playoff national semifinal game, notwithstanding, you know, we haven't seen them play anybody Mm -hmm. since. So we don't necessarily know what, you know, what big game Jim is going to look like there. You know, if he's going to come out there and run that, you know, the, the super duper Maryland eye, the one where he has everybody lined up and just all this, you know, stupidity in terms of things and coming out and, you know, five tight ends and some of that, some of those situations. But, you know, on the other side, we know what we know, what we know about James Franklin and I just don't trust him either. So I, it, I, am I wrong at looking this at this in a way of who's going to screw this up less? Who's going to have less of their fingerprints on this to allow their team to go out and do what they do?
3: No, you're absolutely right. And part of that, is Michigan's predictability. I think they've – last week they were in the pistol 11 times and ran it every single time. I've seen other people say that they've run it every single time out of the pistol. Like every time they're in a pistol, they run it. They've never thrown it. I know when I was charting the game last week, they were in shotgun uh, 30 times with the running back, even with the quarterback, and they threw 29 of those times. So uh, uh, in talking with Tom and our Michigan Monday Buckeye Weekly podcast – like we both agree there's some some trickery there like they're setting Penn State up basically like yes these are our tendencies now expect our tendencies and they'll go away from those tendencies but if they don't then that's a complete failure on the coaches which as you said you kind of the winner of this game might be the coach who doesn't have a complete failure and that's um that's a great endorsement
2: before I get to the super chat. Yeah. All right. So now they're going to throw out of the pistol. So what? I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. you've, you've broken tendencies, but if, if it falls onto the ground or is intercepted, have you really gained anything? No, no. Uh, Mike Smith, the super chat, just wanted to say thanks to the recommendations yesterday for my upcoming trip to Columbus. Can't wait to finally go to the shoe. Absolutely. We were on the, uh, mark rogers show and mike asked about places to go while he comes to columbus for the iowa game and for his honeymoon if i remember properly so congratulations on the upcoming uh, nuptials mike um hope you have a good time here in columbus and if you're a member at buckeye huddle shoot us a private message like to love to buy you a beer but you know things get so busy before games and everything else but we'll figure that out um
3: was well, the uh, I- was the recommendation on uh you know, which which Taco Bell to go to and, and how, how best to spend your $28? We're
2: going to get to our $28 buys here soon. I'm still working with Mark to see if we can expense that. I'm not, but I can't do it like the night before a game because I'll die. I mean, but, you know, Tony has found, of course, some ways to game the system. We'll get into all of that here in the second hour. I want to give as many people a, as a chance to get on the show so we don't have to repeat that segment twice because I already feel myself getting a little stick to my stomach thinking about $28 worth of Taco Bell. For those of you who are like, what's this all about? Just to give you a little bit of a, of a, of a setup before we get to it, some financial guy was a guest on Fox Business Network and was talking about inflation and apparently talked about spend, going to Taco Bell and spending $28. I know that there are one or two Taco Bells out there now that have booze, but unless it was a Mexican pizza and two martinis, it's gotta be difficult to get to twenty-eight bucks. Or is it? Stay tuned. Called a tease. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, but again, we might we'll get back to Michigan Penn State if that's where the crowd wants us to go. We got a lot of other questions. I'm sure there are probably people being like, I'm not here to talk about those two clown programs, but you know, it is what it is. As I said, RK has a ton of questions in here, so I want to get to a couple of those. Could Ransom or Martinez play corner if needed? Well,
3: uh, Cameron Martinez has done some repping at corner in practice, and he he would be an emergency cornerback if they needed him. Lathan Ransom, I don't think so. He's he much prefers playing a deep safety, and has played the slot safety, slot corner in the past. Did it some in 2020 and 2021. He prefers being outside and deep, as you saw in that Michigan State game, the way he tracked that deep ball and came down with the interception. He will do whatever. I don't see him playing any corner because he's too good at safety to take him away from there. Cameron Martinez could play some corner because they have Tanner Mar- Tanner McAllister in front of him. Tanner McAllister can also play some corner. So those are your two emergency cornerbacks more than uh, Lathan Ransom and and at some point, you know, does Lathan Ransom, does he have to become a nickel if somebody gets hurt? Like when we weren't sure how long Tana McAllister was going to be out, I wasn't sure if they would stick with, maybe put Lathan Ransom there after a week of practice or continue to stay with Kai Stokes. Fortunately for the Buckeyes, Tanner McAllister only missed the one game, and so they didn't have to, you know, work, figure out exactly what they were going to do. But no, not to, to answer the question, Cameron Martinez and Tana McAllister, yes, they the ransom, no.
2: Uh, let's jump to our next question. Uh, ben, who is a Dodger fan and friend of mine on social media, need a good performance from Tony Gonsolin tonight. The Dodgers-Padre uh, series tied at 1. That game's on at 9.30. Not really that interested in the NC two A football games tonight. I don't even remember what they were. I looked at them and was like, ugh. So I, I know what I'm going to be watching, but I agree that – they need Trey Turner not to boot the ball as well. I love Trey Turner, but he can be a little bit of a defensive liability. And we'll leave it at that. As Tony is not interested whatsoever in the Dodgers. Uh, Jake Parsons, do you think Jason getting back into the lineup throws off the flow of the offense, or do you think it'll be a smooth transition?
3: What do you think? Because I have some thoughts.
2: You know, I think that it's, I think it's a smooth transition because okay, they're going to be less passes to kind of go around uh you know mecca buka is probably still going to to see you know see plenty of throws going his way but jsn kind of comes in and becomes the guy at that point i think you still sit there and marvin harrison jr has a different skill set i think that julian fleming has a different skill set it's going to be a, i think you're going to have to find different ways to keep Igbuka involved. And I think it's also going to be an opportunity to kind of roll guys through a little bit more, but I I don't see it being any sort of a, uh, I don't know if I want to say a hindrance or anything, but it's, it's, it, I don't, I don't think that I see an issue there. I mean, it's going to take a minute to get back on the same page in terms of chemistry, but Ryan Day certainly did talk about having all of these Jackson plays, and I'm certain that they've worked on a lot of these Jackson plays in the past. So it won't be an immediate just like, oh, it's like we never missed a beat. But I don't think they're going to miss three beats along the way.
3: I think there's some concern about forcing the ball to him, especially if he's being double covered or bracketed. And we we saw him when he came back from injury against Notre Dame. They threw to him pretty quickly, and it was like a four-yard loss or something like that. And I think there is some concern about forcing it to him. But that only lasts so long. And then, boom! You pick up, you know, kind of where you left off, and everybody's doing fine. So, I don't know that there's going to be any, you know, growing pains or anything like that. I just, I think the concern is forcing him the ball, trying to get him involved, and not just let it, letting it happen organically. And maybe they've learned their lessons from earlier attempts this season that didn't go well. And so maybe they'll be like, you know what, We'll, we'll draw up stuff. But we have to understand that they're going to be expecting us to draw stuff up for him. And so you have to be able to go to number two and not just try to force it into number one on the read. And that's, that's going to be up to CJ Stroud to make this a smooth transition, I think. And there's those that really, really reiterate, like we don't need to force it. We've got other guys, you've got other guys to throw to let it happen. and, And, and it will eventually.
2: I think my biggest concern would be, I think that if I don't have the numbers in front of me, I think that their run-pass ratio is 55-45 run-to-pass, if I remember right. They can't fall too far in love with the pass when JSN comes back. They have to stay at like this 55-45, 60-40. They can't become become 55-45 in the other direction just because they have them there, whether or not it's the making up for lost time. And forgetting that they can run the ball. I mean, certainly, you know, we've seen both running backs deal with some injuries along the way, but don't forget what got you here to this point. And that's by having a, a much more balanced offense than they've had. And, you know, and I think we look back at the 21 season and people kind of, are, Oh, that, you know, I think that was like, you know, 60, 40 pass. No, it really was 50, 50. It was about 50, 50, if I remember right. But being, you know, being a couple points up on the run side, I think is really what has balanced everything out. And since you don't have a quarterback who's going to run the ball, uh, you know, you have to sit there and call those designed runs for your running backs because if you're, if you're going, you're going to grow old if you're going to be waiting for C.J. Stroud to get out there and run it. That's just that's just not going to happen. Sorry, we no, just scratching, yeah. my, scratching my ear there for a second. These headphones are a little tight. Oh. Mm. I know, I know. Um, we had a good question just come in here. Um, Cheryl, won, uh, why isn't Henderson getting passes out of the backfield? Yeah,
3: and he was one of the guys last year that they really got the ball to. Uh, let me see here. He caught uh, 27 passes last year, which was fourth on the team, and that's without being a focal point of the offense until – you know, after, after the first couple of games and this year, you know, they, they came out and threw to him right away last week. And it was like a loss of whatever, but he's only got, yeah, it's loss of two. That was his first catch this year. One catch loss of two. Um, I don't know other than the fact that they've got other guys and they like those guys, but they had other guys last year. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a Cade Stover thing. Where you know last year Ruckert wasn't wasn't necessarily the target that that Cade um, Stover is. Uh, this isn't necessarily what they need to do right now. I think they're running the ball better, so maybe that's that's maybe the key is that they view, they view these throws to the running backs and these throws out wide as part of the running game. And last year they needed that to enhance the running game. This year, the running game is good enough the way it is a little bit. like They don't need to stretch things out wide, throwing the ball into the flats to help the running game because the running game is existing pretty well as it is. So I think maybe that's that's the key. And also Travion has been banged up a little, so you're trying to maybe go easy there as well.
2: I think all of those things, I think maybe they could be holding some stuff back, but I think that the injury is certainly a case. I think that the running game – being mixed more successful is, is the case. And I think that on the top level, the easiest answer there is, well, who are you going to throw it to less? I mean, you know, the, the things are not bogging down. I mean, it has not been necessary. So I'm, and I'm willing to bet that they just didn't like rip up all of the plays that were, you know, throwing little swings to Henderson and things of that nature. The, the, they all exist. Uh, it just hasn't necessarily been needed or worked within the game plan. I mean, I think it's going to be a matter of what your opponent's, are are trying to do to you I mean do you have to sit there and get cute against Iowa or can Ohio State come out there and just say we're we are who we are and we're going to do what we do and you know I think that that's what Ohio State's going to be able to do against Iowa not to get too far ahead of ourselves and scoop all of our programming for next week by you know talking too much about Iowa at this at at, at this juncture but yeah I think that you know I think that it's a it's a it's a combination of things and that's you know that's without really talking to anybody they're just kind mm. of thinking it through yep no, i'm with you uh let's jump back to the questions here uh jj what if michigan wins tomorrow penn state beats ohio state and ohio state beats michigan is the winner still penn state for the east and you know, I don't have the tiebreakers in front of me. I mean, you there are certain tie breaks that are there for for three teams versus two teams. I mean, and you limit it down to get it to, you know, to get it to get it to two, to have the head to head. And I'll have to get back to you on that one. I saw that when I put that in the queue and I'm like, I'm not going to have a chance to look that up before we get to it. I'm I'm filibustering in case Tony's looking for no, it.
3: No, I I I am looking it up and there's always a bunch of minutiae that you have to read first to get to the three team thing. And there's a lot of uh two and then apostrophe or A in parentheses. and then it's broken down to by Roman Roman numerals and um let's see, the records of the three or more tied teams will be compared based on winning percentage against the next highest placed teams in their division an order of finish. So like if, if the only loss comes to each other, then they're all going to have the same record against the number four team, number five team. Um, let's see the records of the, here's the first one. The records of the three or more tied teams will be compared based on winning percentage in games between the tied teams, which we know. Um, and then the second one was the one I mentioned, which is wouldn't happen. The records of the three or more tied teams will be compared based on winning percentage against the next highest placed team in their division in order of finish. That's the, okay. That was the third one. The second one was winning a uh, record in division or something. Um, the, the records of the three, this is the fourth one. The records of the three teams will be compared based on winning percentage against all common conference opponents. So again, everybody's getting the same percentage of a thousand, right? I think it eventually just comes down to the playoff ranking. Honestly,
2: um, I know everybody has things a little bit different. There are people in the chat who are still saying it's Penn State, but you know i I would have to look at that one. That's you know something that I didn't do any prep for, prep work for in this one. Let's Let's get through this weekend's games before we start thinking about. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the 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 nuclear option uh and what 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 happens there but uh Here, here's the too. eighth one here's the, okay. eight, the, eight, the eighth
3: and final the representative will be chosen by random draw
2: there used to be a day where it was like the last team to go i mean whoever's furthest out gets you know oh well if you've that was like for mm-hmm. like the rose bowl or something mm-hmm. i mean yeah, yeah, rose bowl. Well, you, yeah you get to do this because you haven't been for as long but you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that situation and that, you know, Tony and I and Tom and some of our peers will be out having a steak at St. Elmo uh, in December. Um, I want to get to another question, but I have the answer typed up, so I I won't punch it up. Somebody was asking about could we post the remaining schedule? And I don't have a graphic built, but I will post it here in the chat and then I will put it up on the screen. Uh, and let that happen. I, don't ha- I can't really make it into anything that's like with dates, but it's versus Iowa, at Penn State, at Northwestern, versus Indiana, at Maryland, and versus Michigan. You know, obviously the, the three games that stand out to me are going to be Penn State, uh, Maryland, and Michigan, Penn State being Penn State, uh, at Maryland being kind of in that trap position before Michigan. I don't think that the, uh, people are going to not pay attention to them. But you do have a solid quarterback in uh, Talia Tungavaloa. You have a really good uh, receiver core there with uh, King Jarrett and Demas and some of the other guys there. Don't really think Maryland can play a lick of defense. But you know, it's still it was still a game that uh, you know when Ohio State went out there several years ago and had to win it in overtime, fifty-two, fifty-one, and then of course Michigan being Michigan. So apologies to Iowa that I'm already kind of looking past you. Northwestern is terrible this year and Indiana, you know, the, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if Tom Allen's going to be in Bloomington by that point. I mean, it's going, it's going South pretty fast over there.
3: Yeah. I'm looking forward to the Maryland game to see how good the Ohio state pass defense is because they've really faced nobody in, in that regard. And to see, is that, is that like a 52 31? Is it a 52 17? Like, Those two scores are vastly different to me. If you hold Maryland to like 17 points in a blowout, that's pretty good. If you are in a shootout a little bit, 52-31, something like that, it's like, well, okay, um, you're going to be playing better offenses than that, so you're going to want to step it up. But now if Penn State, they go to Penn State, and Penn State starts lighting them up, that would be obviously not good and a bit of a surprise at this point as well with their offense.
2: Right. I just – we're gonna learn so much this weekend nationally. This is just the perfect week to be the open week and to be able to sit back and watch to watch football games. You know, I could sit there and say, Well, what game is everybody most excited about? And I think that anybody that is a old school Big Ten fan is going to care about that Ohio or that Penn State Michigan game just because of its you know conference ramifications and kind of you know a chance to scout two of the six remaining opponents at that point but you know you have Tennessee Alabama you got USC Utah I mean you got the big game in the big 12 with TCU and and Oak State I mean even even some of the lesser games are still very exciting I know we're gonna have Aub- Auburn Ole Miss on my wife went to Ole Miss and she's already like well where are you gonna be watching the Alabama game because you know that I'm like well we're gonna have to move a second TV and I think our compromise is, I think DirecTV does some sort of picture and picture situation. So we'll figure, we'll figure something out. I've never been allowed to put a TV down in the living room, an additional TV, and I don't I don't think it's gonna happen here. But as we come up here on the top of our second hour, I want to welcome everybody here to uh, the Big Me Kickoff. I'm your host, Kevin Noon, joined by Tony Gerdeman, and we are, of course, live, unless you're listening to us on the podcast or you're watching us on the replay, and then we're not live. But, you know, we want to thank everybody for being part of the show. Be sure to subscribe to the channel, hit that bell, thumbs up, all that good stuff, and be sure to check us out at Buckeye Huddle as well. It would sure mean a lot to us, but let's kind of get back to the questions. And still coming this hour, I promise, $28, Taco Bell, one person, man versus food. And uh, it's not going to be pretty. Unfortunately, we haven't done this yet. It is not a Hungry Hungry Huddle at this point. We're... I'm working on it, but then again, I'm not sure I'm, I am want to work on it because I don't have really good medical insurance, and I have a feeling that this could take years off my life, and I don't have many left, so uh, we'll kind of go from there. Let's jump back into the questions. Um, RK, uh, how can BAM assign 35 kids, but yet no one transfers? That's not true. People do transfer. People wash out, get processed, whatever it is, a lot there, so... You know, you're just we're just not in Alabama, and you know it's not something that we're, nec- we're running an Ohio State site. We're not going to be. Did you just hear that they, you know, six kids just transferred out or whatever? So, I th- I just think it is a a much easier revolving door there in terms of them, you know, cutting the bottom. And if you can't get it done in a couple of years you're gone and that's just the portal's going to create that even more now i mean because it's going to be a case of there might be some guys that want to stick around just because they like alabama or whatever but so many of these guys were four and five stars so they're just not going to be guys content with uh wearing the headset and carrying the clipboard
3: well and they've already got a guy in the in the portal that that has left braylon ingram defensive lineman um i mean Michigan has a defensive end that is playing for them this year that was at Alabama a couple of years ago. Uh, just looking at the 24 7 transfer portal page from 2022, they had a guy leave for um, Alabama A&M. They had a guy leave for Nebraska, a guy leave for Connecticut, another guy leave for Nebraska. So, like a uh, guy uh, Hall going to Texas, Caden Clark, tight end going from Alabama to Akron. They've got like everybody else, they got guys that leave. Kamar Wheaton running back, going to SMU. So this is normal. It is it is standard operating for everybody, including Alabama. And it's one of my – and I'm not going to jump on the questioner, the reader, the, the viewer here, but one of my pet peeves is when people are like, this never happens at Alabama, or this isn't what Nick Saban does, when in fact they, they have no idea. And it, it is actually what Alabama does, and Nick Saban does do this, or – like they they put Alabama up there so high, without knowing if this is actually how Alabama is, and it's um, rarely is the the view of, of what you think true because you're just not we're not as you said Kevin we're paying attention to Ohio State Buckeye fans are paying attention to Ohio State they're not watching anybody else and they just like why are why are all these Buckeyes being injured this year and i've heard other people at other schools saying why are all of these guys it, being injured this year it's like this when, when when your focus is one program sometimes you can think that this only happens to this program and it's it's not the case
2: right exactly i'll get to the super chat here in a second it's easy to get t- tunnel visioned on where what it is you follow it's like you know i'm you know i'm a dodgers fan so i don't know what happens in the al i don't know what's happening in like the central divisions or whatever and it's like well why why is it that the Dodgers are the only one who's facing this? And it's because I, I, you know, I have limited view. I mean, you can only consume so much information out there. You know, life is life ain't easy these days. So, I mean, it's you can only you only have so much available bandwidth, sort of like with my internet. As uh, yes, apologizing if the picture's getting a little soft, but uh, yeah, Alabama certainly does it. Alabama is cer- certainly one of the programs that processes guys, so you know they're able to sign big classes because. They sign a lot of fours and fives, and if you don't work out, they're going to move on. They're less likely to kind of sit around and just take the, you know, okay, well, I'm just going to hang out and and, and do my thing. Party Let Jen. Me, oh, go, me, ahead. go ahead, go ahead.
3: Well, I was just going to say, there's the, there's this card trick on the internet, which is like, it's like six face cards, and, you know, Queen of Clubs, and Jack of Spades, and King of Diamonds, whatever, but it's like... The the, the the gist is like the internet knows which card you're going to pick and which card you're going to focus on. So it tells you to only focus on one of these six cards. And when, uh, when you click refresh, that's the only card that will be different. And the thing is, it's like you focus on your queen of clubs, queen of clubs, queen of clubs, and you hit re- refresh or whatever. It's like, Oh, the queen of clubs is gone. That's an amazing trick. The thing is all of the cards changed, it's like, but you're only looking at your one card. So you've lost focus on everybody else. And so you think, that this is a special thing because that's what you're focused on. When in reality, all six cards changed. Are you a wizard? Well, I have been watching a lot of rings of power lately. I have not gotten into that one yet better than house of the dragon.
2: I have not gotten into it yet. I, I can only focus on a couple of shows, house of the dragon and Andor. but let's get to the super chat. It's Hardy a, Jen's $28. This ain't intramurals bra so you know thank you hardy for trying to make uh to, to 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 pick up the tab for the entire thing you know we'll make we'll make tom run the camera or something like that we we will hear at 3 30 or thereabouts is when we will uh, 90 minutes into this show we will get to our taco bell discussion because i have a feeling at that point it will all devolve beyond there there'll just, be no coming just, back just, just like my stomach
3: yeah what i what i think we should do since tom isn't here it's like you and i can do the 28 dollars. he does the
2: 49.99 <laughs> well the three of us coming back from michigan state we did stop at a taco bell and you two ordered combos and i wasn't really all that hungry and i just ordered like a bag of burritos and then they didn't put one of my burritos in the bag. I think whether it was that like 36 or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that and that was a lot of food, but we weren't, we weren't being strategic in our ordering to hit a certain number. And you'll have to stick and find out again is for those who are not here right off the top of the show. I'm not going to say that Tony was bending the rules or cheating, but he was gaming the system a little bit. He, you know, he was going with some customization using the app. I'd like to think that my approach is much more pure, like, you know, wind driven snow. I just was ordering right, nothing custom, nothing custom, just, you know, just ordering right off the menu, off the rack, if you will. But we will get to that here in 23 minutes.
3: Pure, pure, pure Pure Taco Taco Bell,
2: Bell. pure Taco Bell. I know. I was hard to say it with a straight face. Um, Ben Higgins. What are the odds that JSN ultimately shuts it down all on Nick Bosa? How about if he comes back and has a setback in the first game again?
3: Yeah, I don't think he's shutting it down, but if there's another setback, then you've got to look at it. I think he's going to try to come back. And as I've said throughout all of these shows, he needs to be on the field to show what he is as a draft prospect because He's six foot nothing, you know, a hundred nothing. You know, he's basically Rudy in that regard. He's not the biggest guy. Nobody knows really what he's going to run. And I think people were surprised by how fast Garrett Wilson was last year. They know he can run routes, but like, I still think he has some things to prove and you know, to have to blow up one season out of the slot. You know, that's, that that's, that's great. But you still have to have these measurables that the NFL wants. If you want to be like, I don't ever see him as a top five pick. Like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave couldn't get into the top five. They were 10 and 11, and Jamison Williams was 12. Like I've always thought that was kind of high with some of the projections. But if you want to be in that top 15, like you've got to get back out there, I think, because I don't know that he's going to blow everybody away with the combine or whatever like that. And, you know, if he's already shutting things down, is he even going to be running
2: at a combine? And, you know, the way I view it is – Nick Bosa was a generational type of defensive end player. Uh, not a lot of generational receivers, and we've seen some great receivers come out through the years and go on and have fantastic success. But it's not like that. There's like, okay, well, you're just cutting cutting dry above everybody else at your position. And you know, there there's debate before Jackson Smith and Jigba even got hurt that if he was even a top two or top three receiver. Nationally, going into this season, despite the numbers he put up, despite the Rose Bowl, so I don't, I don't see him being counseled with advice of, oh, well, you just need to shut it down. Now, if he gets hurt again, you know, there's a decision could be made for him if you know if it's you know hamstrings are difficult and everything else, but you know they've they've held him out for a while. I mean, it would be really easy to say, deuces, I'm out of here. I'm just going to focus on on me, and that's just not that's not the case. I mean, so. I, I don't I don't see that being a likely scenario, but you know, sometimes sometimes, you know, we, we we can have all the plans we want in the world and then you know fate intervenes. So we'll just have to kind of wait and see.
3: I'm just looking here, um trying to do some quick math. Uh through six games last year, Jackson Smith and Jig had about 23 catches for let's say 450 yards with three touchdowns. All right. So 20 23, 450. And uh, I three touchdowns right now. This year, playing that same spot, essentially, a mecca abuka has 12 more catches, 200 more yards, and three more touchdowns, twice as many touchdowns. So, you know, obviously, Jackson Smith and, Jig- and Jigba lit it up the second half of the season. In like the last five games, he had nearly a thousand yards receiving. But to this point, who's to say that a mecca abuka isn't going to do that same thing? And it, I wonder if, um, you know, the better Abuka plays, does that make Jackson Smith and Jigba look more like a system guy? And I'm not saying that he is because, you know, I still remember Garrett Wilson when I asked him before the 2021 season, "How's the slot receiver position going to be?" And he's like, "It's going to be fantastic. Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best I've ever seen." So, you know, there's plenty to like there. I just think he needs to get back out on the field to really solidify things and. Yeah, he'd probably still be a first-rounder if he never plays college football again, but that's not who he is, and I don't think that's what he wants to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, certainly the goal is to get back out there. I mean, I, I think that his return after the initial injury against Notre Dame, I think he probably was pushing too hard to get back in some ways and it just wasn't all right there. So, you know, all right, well, now, now I'm going to listen to you guys. I'm going to listen to the training staff and everything else and make sure we do this know the the right way and i think that it's going to be a situation too where if he comes back you know you expect to see I mean, everybody's like well you need he needs to be back for penn state he needs to be back for penn state well i think that even the first game or three that you know you have him on a definite pitch count you cannot sit there and say okay no restrictions just go out there and go do what it is that you do and you know, you're going to have to sit there. And after the first game he plays, you're going to have to kind of hold your breath about how he's going to feel on Sunday and how he's going to feel on Tuesday, because, you know, that's all part of it as well.
3: Yeah. Uh, you get him out there as quickly as possible in terms of Iowa and just ramp, build him up, you know, gradually until, you know, he's comfortable. And again, you're not forcing things to him because I don't think that's going to go super well.
2: Here we go. With Phil Steele's Vegas power ratings have Ohio State currently uh, minus 12 against, I mean, Ohio State's a 12-point favorite against Michigan. Is that right? Is that, you know, too many, too few? I mean, with the game being in Columbus, you know, we can't necessarily be, you know, it's not an apples to apples. I mean, what's what's a home field worth? Three, four points Mm -hmm. in college. Um, is, Is that about right? I mean, with, you know, we haven't seen we, we we say oh well we haven't seen michigan play anybody well we really haven't seen ohio state right. play anybody either so i mean it, i mean we got to be we got to be fair in in that in, in in saying that
3: yeah i think that's a good number for now cuz i think it could go more if ohio state continues to play well against actual teams and shows like okay they're, they're four touchdowns better than everybody in the big 10 so you know is does it eventually become like a 16 or a 17 point line maybe or if they beat Penn State, like twenty-three seventeen, does that now become a nine-point line, something like that? Where there's, you're you're looking one way or the other. You're looking for evidence that they're not as good as they've shown, or no, this is actually what how good they are. And right now, if they are this good, this is what they should be doing to teams. But you're still looking for the a little bit more proof, like you're looking for the the crack in the glass, basically. Like okay, there's there's the imperfection. We thought we thought they weren't perfect, and now. Now we can dial some things back, but I think 12 is a good number right now because I, there's also questions about Michigan.
2: You know, I I I've certainly watch all the future numbers that come out, and obviously, you know, we you look at, like, ESPN has, like, their FPI, you know, of, you know, what it is, and I think Ohio State's, like, what, it's, like, in the high 70s that Ohio State's going to win that game. It's based on, you know, percentage of likelihood that you're going to win the game i was 99 uh you know all, nobody nothing is lower than 77 i'll tell you that right now and I, uh, 77 is a number that seems to stick but it seems like they rerun that computer like on a daily basis and it's you try to write about it well, i mean i don't but you try to write about <laughs> it and it, it it changes on you and then it's like well you're wrong well it, it changes all the time but uh you know 12 12 points Ohio State's certainly going to have everything in the world to play for. Even if you take Indianapolis off the table, even if you take the college football playoff off the table, Ohio State got bullied in that game in Ann Arbor. Sorry, that's just the truth. They, they got bullied in that game. Ohio State had this high-flying offense, averaged 48.5 points last year. Didn't really have an answer. I'm not going to sit there and be, oh, well, the snow did, took them out of their rhythm. Okay, sure. You know, it was not not an ideal set of conditions, but it wasn't the snowball by any by any stretch. So Ohio State is going to come out there, and they have so many players that played in that game that don't like the taste that was left in their mouths after there. Certainly didn't like to hear Jim Harbaugh popping off on their head coach. Certainly didn't like to hear how Ohio State has become this finesse Pac-12 type of team. So You know, 12 is all well and good, but if, you know, I could see, you know, I certainly, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm 100% calling my shot. Ohio State, you know, is going to win by 14, 17, 21, but this is going to be one of those games. Ryan Day talks about, you know, respecting the game. Do you think Ryan Day respects the game and calls off the dogs on Michigan have given the opportunity?
3: Um... Maybe after 35 or 42 point lead, like he's going to put it up there if he gets an opportunity. And when I say that 12 points is fine. Like I'm definitely laying those that's, you know, right now, I'm definitely laying those. And the, the, the talk of Ohio state being soft, we talked with Luke Whipler. What last week he said, he still thinks about the Heisman ceremony and Desmond Howard's words every single day about the offensive line at Ohio state. So these guys remember and, (laughs) <laughs> it's like maybe Desmond is writing some checks that Michigan's going to have to cash here.
2: Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? And if he keeps just laughing and not talking on college game day, I mean, I might have to replace him because he's he's difficult to watch and I'm not going to put, I'm, these are my comments, this doesn't reflect the opinions or of, of Tony Gerdeman or Buckeye Huddle, just Kevin Noon, and he's become increasingly more difficult to watch, but so is that show. That Uh, show certainly has, has just become a chuckle fest. Yeah. Uh,
3: I want to mention LJT, Tony, the floating head. I do have, Kevin, I don't know if you want this. I have a green hoodie that I could go put on and just be a floating head. Perhaps
2: (laughs) you do that on your show. You don't do that on my show. We wear, (laughs) we wear, we wear caps and collars at this level. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I don't, I'm not wearing either, but, uh, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Um, We've gotten through a couple. One of our questions still in the queue is about Taco Bell, so I'm going to hold on that one. RK, in rewatch, is JT being held on every down or does it just Ooh. look like, like that on TV? Um, yes. You know, certainly that was something asked on Tuesday and nobody was going to get themselves fined by the league or whatever, but mm-hmm. I, I think that there's a, there are some people that believe that and there's a lot of holding in football, period. And certainly in Big Ten football, and you know Wisconsin is a team that always holds and never gets called for it. But JT has been dragged down more than a few times without any uh, any any uh, flags mm-hmm. being thrown out there.
3: Uh, speaking of Wisconsin, I wonder if Logan Brown got kicked out, 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 out off the team because he got like he got caught holding. Like you can't get you can't get flagged for it in in, in Wisconsin, and he did, and maybe. Um, He's gone. And he's a he's a guy not to go off on a tangent. Buckeye fans have been talking about Logan Brown, the five star Wisconsin guy that is now in the um the portal. Would Ohio State go after him? I don't see that happening because they generally don't go after guys who get kicked off the team. So um just throw that out there. But yeah, JT there there are some bad ones in terms of watching him get held and tackled. And you know, good good for him not retaliating at this point, because I think it's Getting tough, but I thought I think it's also a sign of how unselfish the entire defensive line is and the plan that they had going into the season, where you might not be getting sacks, but if you are just containing the offensive line and allowing Tommy Eichenberg and Steel Chambers and Ronnie Ickman and Lathan Ransom to make plays at the line of scrimmage, you're doing your job. So if you get held, you're doing your job because, you know, that's just, you know, clearly, clearly you're being a pain. And so that's, that's a plus. And if it's not getting called, you know, I, I would bet that Ohio state has sent some stuff to the big 10 about the holding at this point. That's, I wonder if that's something they, Urban would say like they do that all the time in terms of like every week they're they look for stuff to send. I think you certainly do that during a bye week as well.
2: Absolutely. And you know, the thing is we never really necessarily, see that correction game where it's like okay well now we're going to call them or whatever it just kind of is what it is and and for the sake of you know of of presenting the whole story I think Ohio State got away with a couple of holds against Michigan State Mm -hmm. as I rewatched that game and it's 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 difficult I um in in college uh took the courses in both officiating basketball and football I never really did anything with the football I did officiate a little basketball at least on the intramural side Games in the red and yellow and brown gyms at Larkins Hall, and you know, it took about like the third time that I got cussed at by a team for missing a call that I'm like, I just, I, I just really don't like this enough to keep doing that. But it's, 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 it certainly is difficult um, to, to to deal with that.
3: Did you ever, you know, our, our buddy Jason Geyser and Lila, he got kicked out. We were roommates. We were on the same real team. He got kicked out for yelling at a ref. Did you? Would, did that, was that maybe you? Back in college, this would, this would have been you know
2: nineteen ninety four nineteen ninety five um maybe it wouldn't have been guys because I knew geyser but it w it would have As a freshman been though? 90, well no probably not ninety three ninety four i don't think i ran i ran anybody but i got i got one better hmm. i got run for yelling at a ref while I was a ref because I was playing that game and I'd already gone through and everything and I had a I had a really long memory and remember that this ref was terrible and walked in and, you know, with my, I was like on the fraternity B team, the, you know, the one that was just there to, to just to play. We weren't any good. And um, I saw him and I basically said something along the lines of, oh, no, not this blanking guy again. He's horrible and got run. I mean, before the game even started. So uh, I ended up I ended up having to talk to the supervisor about it and everything else. But, you know, it is what it is it is what it is David Greenshield saying I need to get some thick skin I you know I was 21 years old mm-hmm. I you know hadn't grown into my my confidence yet some would say I haven't still yet at 51 but uh it was it was something I mean I just didn't like all the running I mean and I was I back then I was probably about 210 as opposed to 260 so uh um, but yeah, f- officiating football is no easy task. I'll say that, but, um, you know, we have a certain, you know, we certainly have an, an issue in terms of officiating on a national level because officials are getting attacked by parents and attacked mm-hmm. by everything else. And you sit there and you see the officials that are at the top levels and they're all AARP members. So where, where are we going to be when that generation of officials are gone? So, uh, robot our robot overlords aren't ready yet.
3: I, I I do have an issue with the instant replay this season. I think it's been terrible. Like and, and non-existent at times when it should be existent. Just be existent, exist rather than not exist. And I've been disappointed in that. But again, I'm I don't think refs and umps should be attacked. There are too few in the the youth sports today and you know, youth sports is, is necessary and refs and umps are necessary. So be kind to your local ref, no matter how much better you could do that job than they can.
2: I think that instant replay, we don't have a centralized, you know, we don't have a college football czar or a commissioner or, I mean, and every, every conference has their own officials and I'm okay with conferences having their own officials, but I think that replay needs to be brought in under one roof and live under one set of rules. Somebody right in here brought up, yeah, it was, it was Stephen, about the 2019 mm-hmm. Clemson game. You have different rules in terms of how replay is done. Is it adjudicated by the referee? Is it adjudicated by upstairs? Is it adjudicated in a control center somewhere in Charlotte or Birmingham or Chicago? If you're going to have the replay and if you're going to have everybody who's vying for the same championship trophy it needs to be the same set of rules and i mean and I, we could take that out even further and saying everybody needs to play the same number of conference games everybody has to have the same stance on playing fcs teams but most certainly when it comes to officiating how, how games are called and how how replay is done because at least at that point, if it's all under the same, there's the same standards and there's the same litmus tests. I mean, at least, you know, it's going to be called equally good or equally bad.
3: Well, and I think I've seen like three catches this year that have been called receptions that were half as many steps as the Clemson reception in 2019. That if the if the replay official, was at that Ohio state Clemson game, then Ohio state gets to play LSU for the national championship. And what would have been one of the great national championship games of all time with Ohio state's defense against that offense and Ohio state's offense scoring a bunch of points against LSU's defense. And we were robbed of that because a replay official decided to buzz down because he didn't think four steps was enough to establish possession. So, but you know, it is what it is. Um, now we know that uh, you you barely need one
2: step sometimes this year well it's it's pretty ridiculous and i had somebody email me and i never had a chance to go through this maybe you saw it and this might be one of the last points we get to before we run for the border uh they said in the indiana michigan game that they thought that a that a flag was thrown well after the play that it came down from the from the re- essentially from the replay booth or whatever and i was like well i think you can You know, you can certainly put targeting on at that point, but they weren't so sure that it was targeting. And I don't know. I mean, we have so much talk, even in the NFL, about the eye in the sky type Mm -hmm. of situation. Um,
3: That was a a, a man downfield, or it was like it was a pick play where there was a pick, but the throw—if it had been behind the line of scrimmage, it would have been okay. But it was like a foot past the line line of scrimmage, and there was no penalty. Until the refs got together to talk about it after being told by Jim Harbaugh, basically. And so then I think the flag came out. But it's very, very confusing as to how all of that came out as if it required the coach to make the refs aware of it before the penalty was thrown. And the touchdown was taken off of the board. And it was a pretty key touchdown in that game.
2: Well, yeah, that game certainly uh Indiana played them close for two quarters. I mean, obviously there was some you know external circumstances there with uh, Mike Hart collapsing uh, on the field and having to be taken off on a, on a on on a cart. And you know he, I mean later was reported that it was a seizure of some sorts. And rivalry aside, I mean I think everybody out there is mm-hmm. pulling for a full recovery for Mike Hart. I mean you know scarlet and gray on one side and maize and blue on the other side i mean it is just a game it is a lifestyle in a lot of ways but you know nobody wants to see something bad happen to somebody individually so you know prayers up for mike hart at that situation but uh you know indiana just kind of stopped playing and you know it's one of those situations kind of like what i expect to see out of iowa the defense you know keeps them in keeps them in it for a little bit to a certain extent and then just looks at the offense and is just like well, if you're not trying, we're not trying, and then it just kind of goes from there.
3: Well, it's it, like to go back to a, another Clemson game, in 2016, where Ohio State got beat 31 nothing, and the defense did all they could. Like I, I think they gave up 24 points in that game. Played well enough to to have won a game, but you can only hold on so long. And you know they did their darndest, but there was no offense to help them out in that game.
2: All right, I'm going to get to our Taco Bell question, which will lead us directly into our segment, and then we'll see where the show takes us from there. So let me jump back into my starred questions and peace plan. When I was a student at OSU living on South Campus, a buddy and I would hit Taco Bell after leaving the Cornerstone, which was a great bar, by the way. He would spend $8, and I thought that was excessive. I would spend $3. Now, I'm a little older than Tony. I remember when they had the 39 59 79 cent menu and you could buy bean burritos for 39 cents and five dollars was kind of the dividing line if you if you spent more than five dollars at taco bell you had a problem and you know and i would sit there and i'd be like all right maybe i don't need that extra bean burrito at that point but a lot of times too i was going and buying for two or three meals i mean not that a not that a bean burrito that's been in the fridge for four days is any good but you know desperate times call for desperate measures and Milwaukee's best light wasn't free. It only felt that way, so I had to. I had to save my money. But things certainly have changed.
3: Yeah, eight dollars back in the nineties would have been like oh, okay. That's that's a lot because I my my go to at the Union would have been was three chicken soft tacos, and those were expensive as they were. I think they were like a or something like that. And so you you really you really had to want them. And then you get like a large Mountain Dew, of course, and that would come to around five bucks. But that was usually like, even like when there was money in my Buck ID account or after a payday to splurge for like $5 at Taco Bell, because there's a 99 cent Totino's pizza back in my freezer that I could just have, you know, out of the microwave or there's ramen noodles or whatever. But yeah. And then the real paydays when I was, you know, making some money as a, like a junior, then you know, on Fridays I would, first I would go to do some CD shopping, which CDs for free kids listening out there. We can get into that some other day, but then I would also get Apollo's and uh, get the, the double cheeseburger sub. And that was really, really good. But that, those are special occasions. Can't, can't be, um, you know, spending all of, all of your money on a double cheeseburger sub at Apollo's, but yeah, $8 at Taco Bell. I would have thought like, wow, You must be rich.
2: Aggressive. I mean, I would go to La Bamba and I would spend like six bucks or something. But one more question about olden days Taco Bell at Ohio State, and then we'll get to the segment. Were you South Campus Taco Bell or were you could Taco Hut over there near 15th?
3: No, I was the only time I was a North North Campus guy. The only Taco Bell I went to was in the Union, and then except for one night we closed down. Um, Panera, or not, not not, Panera, Paninis, at like 3 in the morning.
2: Panera, you wild guys.
3: Yeah, no, <laughs> Paninis, and got got our giant sandwiches, and then also then went through the drive-through at Taco Bell on because it was right next door. So um, went home with some Panini giant sandwich with fries and then also like as many tacos as we could fit into a bag. So, um, you know, that, that was about the only times I'd go to the South Campus Taco Bell. All yeah. right, you know, unless it's gone unless it's still there it's gone right
2: um i thought it was there but it's i mean i do come up 11th sometimes when i'm going to games and take the ride onto high street but i don't remember i mean hmm. but it was it was pretty close to when i would go to papa joe's and i would leave papa joe's but obviously it's the wrong direction and i would go right by la bomba which was what i wanted more so so uh you know i don't know but let's set up the situation and then we'll kind of decide how hmm. we're going to tackle it for those who missed it I guess several days ago, I didn't see the segment, but on Fox Business Network, an analyst was talking about, I mean, the question was about inflation and was talking about how he spent $28 at Taco Bell, apparently for himself. At lunch. Yeah, at lunch. Now, in, uh, there are a couple of Taco Bells nationally that do have bars in them as, as Taco Bell is trying to get more trendy or whatever, but I don't think you can do a Mexican pizza and two martinis. So, did he misspeak? Is it out of touch? I mean, I, I ran the order I'm going to talk to mm. in the D.C. area, and <laughs> it was more expensive than what oh, it wow. would have been here. But one of the items I ordered, and I've seen people talking about it, if you know where to go, you can still find it. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's a challenge. I mean, I've, I have Googled Taco Bell $28. There have been a lot of videos of people doing the $28 Taco Bell challenge, which sounds only slightly less stupid than the Tide Pods challenge. Do you think Uh,
3: this is a marketing ploy by Taco Bell? Because I think they're probably making some pretty good money off of this.
2: I, I don't think people are going to Taco Bell less because of it. People might be listening to this analyst less, but I don't, you know, it would be, it would be genius. You know what you do? I think you should all sign up for Buckeye Huddle for $28 a month you know that's what that's what you should do and then if you can find 99 a month then you know <laughs> profit so uh, you know we need to we need to, if it is a marketing ploy bravo bravo
3: let me tell you about this inflation i signed up for this website it cost me 28 dollars.
2: let's all right let's tony gave me two orders yes. i took one order let's we'll start with Tony so we'll go a Tony order we'll go my order then we'll go another Tony order now Tony designated them one of two ways and I'll let I'll let Tony
3: there's just my I I went with a lunch order that I could eat and not be totally destroyed by and so that's the first order and yes
2: and that's the one you want to show yeah this is the one Tony too here we go yeah
3: this requires customization and you see there the five soft taco Supremes where you um, replace the beef, you customize with steak, and then you add a double steak. And all of these customizations, you know, onions is like 25 cents. The first to swap steak, beef for steak, uh, steak for beef is like a dollar. Then to add more steak, it's like another dollar forty. So I'm pretty confident that I could eat five of these basically double steak tacos and not be like... I'm not eating dinner tonight or something like that. Or yes, I would be very full, but I think this is possible. My other order and Kevin's order. I don't know. Like when I saw that $28 thing, I thought like you can't eat $28 worth of Taco Bell without just being destroyed and feeling terrible and not finishing it. I'm pretty confident that this could, this is very, very doable. It's just five tacos. Like big whoop. My other one, which we'll get to in a bit I don't, I'm pretty sure I could not do it today. And looking at, I I saw just a sneak preview of Kevin's at one point. There's a lot of stuff there, but I think anybody, almost anybody could do this one.
2: My question about this one is why did you order the small drink?
3: Because I had to, it was the cheapest one and I was trying to keep it as close to 28 as possible.
2: Well, Um, I know
3: I was going to get a you you Mountain
2: Dew. Gone with what well, you? Sh- well, I know, but you could have gone with a large drink. I mean, and and just blown it out of the water. I mean, I don't know if we had to if we sat there and said that it was closest to the pen and you had to be at you mm. know, you know, within within fifty cents one way or the other. But you know, you were at forty nine cents, so well, you know, that's it, impressive. But that's
3: it, a, let that's me just a tell you. Of,
2: that's a lot of steak, and I mean, yes. I mean, and we're not we're not talking Jeff Ruby or or Mitchells or whatever. That's a lot of Fair. Taco Bell. That's a lot of shoe leather steak.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that is a very good point. The calories on this though 28 dollars worth of food, only, and I say only, only eleven 1, hundred and fifty calories. So you're talking like two hundred and thirty calories of taco, not outrageous, and, and, and a and a pretty light lunch calorie wise when you're talking twenty eight dollars of Taco Bell.
2: All right, well, we're going to go to my order, and then we'll go to Tony's other order, and then we will discuss. We've got comments already coming in, so let me do this. I Mine, it's a little smaller on the screen, but we'll start here. (laughs) I'm going to be thirsty, and you're going to need a lot to be able to wash this down. So not only did I go with a large Baja Blast, Hmm. but I also went with a Baja Blast Freeze because obviously i'm going to need brain freeze to forget going through this entire rigmarole i mean it's going to be very difficult uh i got myself a couple of uh, nacho cheese doritos Lotos tacos supreme because you're paying more for the uh, sour cream and the tomatoes i'd probably say no tomatoes but you know i didn't want to get into huge customization because Hmm. i'm a stickler for the rules i'm a purist um Two chili cheese burritos, otherwise known as Chilitos. Now, there were comments already in our comments that, oh, they don't have those anymore. They do at certain ones. Some of them have them on menu. Some of them have them off menu. But these things have gotten smaller and smaller. And apparently, Taco Bell chili has like saffron and gold and crushed eagle beaks in it because it is really expensive for what it is. So these things are about the size of a Mexi-Melt now. So that's not a lot of food right there for two. So honestly, I could have probably just loaded up with that, but I didn't want to do that. I right, got myself an order of chips and cheese, which used to be 99 cents. Now it's a buck seventy nine. Got myself an extra cheese sauce because, truthfully speaking, I was 50 cents under or something like that, and I had to figure out a way to get to $28, and that was the cheapest thing on the menu. I got a, I got myself a double steak, grilled cheese burrito. So I'm going with another double steak item the way that Tony did, but it's just in one burrito and then nacho fries. And I was a little hesitant about the nacho fries because if you watch man versus food, it's always the starch items that kill you. That Mm -hmm. starch is going to get you. It's going to expand in your stomach. But I figured that it's something that, you know, if you kind of, if you put it toward the end and you kind of mask it in some of, you know, with some of your bites, you should be able to get there. Now, is this something I honestly can finish? I don't know. I don't know. It would be a challenge. As Tony said about the oh, I, I I'm destroyed for dinner. I would be I would be destroyed for dinner. The turlet would be destroyed for dinner. It just would be it wouldn't be a good time. It would be a good bit and sometimes the best the best television and the best videos, there's a reason why Jackass was so wildly popular. And this would be about the same as some of their stunts. So I don't know what the feasibility rating is on it, but I did hit 28.11. I got myself to the number. Tony, are we ready for your other order? And how did you describe it to me as I get ready to punch it out? No,
3: no, no. Keep this up. Keep yours up. Because I I think it is a complete cop-out to go with $5.58 worth of drinks. That's a coward's way out. That is... Very, very, like, that's, I can understand one drink because I did it. Two drinks is outrageous and extra sauce. That's fine. That's fine. Um, But even then, I still think that double steak grilled cheese burrito is either, you either have to start with that. And I don't, I don't know that you can finish that. Like all of these other things are little that you can right. kind of finish with. So I think you get that, you get that double steak grilled cheese down first with some fries And, you know, the chips, chips and nacho sauce, like that's always, there's always room for, as we know, there's always room for chips and cheese. And the other, then you've only really got like two small burritos and two tasty tacos. I think, I wouldn't want to do it, but I think this is doable.
2: Well, I want to defend my choice on the drinks because it's a freeze. It's like a dessert. I could have sat there and did two orders of cinnamon crispas or something like that, but I didn't. I didn't want to do that because they used to put those in combos and nobody would eat them. It was really just like the biggest waste of everything. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, it was just cinnamon sugar and like air. I mean, they were horrible, but it's a drink and it's a freeze. I mean, it's it's both of them. And I'm really running the risk, as I said, of getting brain freeze. So I, I deserve bonus points for hazard pay.
3: Uh, Kevin, how do you consume
2: this freeze? With a... Uh spoon I don't know it's a, it's a freeze. What do you mean you don't know? No, it's a straw, you, but it's a freeze. I I had them before. They're they're delicious. Is, it's like an ice. What is an
3: icy? Do you eat it or do you drink it?
2: You drink it. But it doesn't so, change but if you sit there and you go to a restaurant and you get a soda and a coffee, I mean, you know, it's I mean is is drinks? But that's not dishonest.
3: I'm just saying I lost a lot of respect for you on this one.
2: Well, you didn't have much to begin with, so it's all good. I lost the rest
3: of the respect Well, that I had. there you
2: go. <laughs> We've already got 20 comments in the queue to look at, but let's get to your second order, and, okay. I, and I'm and i going to, to mock your level of customization here as we go here. So Yeah, so this is a... You didn't even reach $28, stupid. <laughs> this <laughs> is
3: a 3 a.m. order after you're done with the bar. And it's it's way too much. You know, you got three tacos. You need some tacos. That you lay a base. You get some tacos in there. It's like a snack. It's a that's a salad, nachos, Belgrande. Again, chips. There's always room for nachos. It's that spicy double steak grilled cheese burrito that is really what. That's going to be the thing that either takes you down, or there is no either. It's that's the thing that's going to take you down. But then, you know, you've got the Chipotle Ranch Grilled Chicken Burrito for some healthiness. There's some green in there, I think. And ranch, I think that that means, and grilled, ranch and grilled mean healthy. So this, I would not want to do it. I I seriously doubt that I could do this. But 22-year-old Tony, after a night at the Outer Inn, you, and we probably just like get this. And then go back home and like watch, you know, Simpsons reruns or Family Guy or I don't even know if that was a thing yet, but given enough time, probably could have done that. And then you know you wake up the next day and it's like, um, I don't feel great, but I feel like I can I I, I can still operate um, because I think the the alcohol and the Taco Bell cancel each other out. Or do they do they light each other up and then uh, and then the fuse and the explosion then it, that that's how you get rid of everything.
2: It's like Mentos and a two liter of soda. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what it's going to end up being like. And I, I'm I'm not going to be any more descriptive than that. But first of all, you didn't reach twenty eight dollars. Second of all, too much customization. You know, trying to nickel and dime me by adding tomatoes and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. just that's just that's just real cheap. That's well, real- and you see
3: you see my three, my three soft tacos. I actually went, that is, you, you want to talk about inflation? That's basically my, my Ohio union order as, as a student, like three chicken soft tacos. And look at what, look at what, where we are now, the The value of the dollar. It's, it's sickening. Um, but also I'm sure those tacos would be good. I like, I think all of this stuff would be good. It's just, I don't know that it's all good together. And you know what? I would round up for the kids.
2: I don't know if that's an option there. No, it was. Well, it was in, uh, the one we stopped at in in that mm-hmm. state up north on the way back, and then they still ended up not giving me one of my burritos. It oh. was fine though. I was I was driving. I did not need it. But
3: well, the other thing is, there is absolutely no chance that these orders would be correct. Taking them through any drive through, you take them through a 100- hundred. Taco Bell drive throughs And I bet you get the precise exact order 8% of the time. And it's not because the workers aren't good. It's just because of the customization, the number of items. You can't quality check. Like, does is everything in there? Looks like it. Like, when you get that out of the drive-thru, is everything there? I don't know. It feels heavy. I can't reach in and count everything with my hand. Like, did I know there was a, a missing burrito when I got that bag? Yes, but was I going to say anything?
2: No, of course not. I wanted to get home. Nice, nice. Well, we'll come back up here to the two shot and if we need to drop on to any of these just because people have specific questions, but let me, oh, we got hit by another bot while I was away. Uh, block user. <laughs> um, they must have known that, oh, a couple of them. They must have known that we were talking about food and not on the main page, but let me see if I can find it. Now, yes, people, you know, talking about the Choleto, or the chili cheese burrito, they're fantastic. They really are. I mean, again, they're like two sixty nine, three dollars a piece. I mean, for what they are, it's not worth it. Did you hear that? Enchirito is coming back, bringing back the enchirito. Of course, I heard. Now, <laughs> are they going to bring back the black olive to go on top of it? Let's hope not. Uh,
3: black yeah. olives in general, Kevin. Everybody knows this. It was, it has been long decided, olives are terrible.
2: Who decided this? I was not invited to that council meeting.
3: Yeah, yeah. the uh, the food cabal that uh, the smart people are part of. We have outlawed um, olives and outlawed all melons except for water.
2: I'm okay with the melon decision, but, you know, black olives are fantastic and green olives are are, are, are slept on. They're, I mean, a pizza with pepperoni, green olive, black olive, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, every year at Christmas, or at Thanksgiving, always end up putting a a can of olives and you know, pour them out, obviously got to get the liquid out, put them in the fridge, and then just put them on, you know, put them on the counter as I'm cooking, and I'll end up eating a can of olives have to actually do two, one for me to mess with kind of like the the cakes with Homer, you know, Homer Simpson, you have to have a cake for him to mess up so he doesn't mess up Maggie's birthday cake. Um, you mean it's
3: McGaggy's birthday?
2: <laughs> that one was just on. That's why I thought about that one. It was, it was, it was just on. But you know what? Are, what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, Steve agrees with you. As we're getting bot attacked again, uh, olives are horrible and too salty, green or black. You know, no, no, I like you, Steve, but you're just you're wrong on this one. You're just you're wrong. I, I
3: can I can handle like my wife when she make like some spaghetti she'll chop up some black olives in the sauce. I can handle that because um, it's very, very small. And if if it's the last piece of pizza and there are black olives on it, I can handle that as well. Um, but it, it's not my preferred thing. And I do get upset when black olives show up in food unannounced. I'm also not a sour cream person. I noticed. Um, you noticed that a lot of remove the sour cream, please. I think it's kind of. Pointless. I'm also uh, like not a Cool Whip or you know Cool Whip person. The best whip is Miracle Whip. I think we all know that.
2: Not a big Miracle Whip fan. The, you know, when I go to like Chipotle, it's light sour cream. I just want a little. I want a hint of sour cream. I want to know it's there. But I, you know, you don't want. I mean, because when they roll those burritos, there's undoubtedly always going to be one big clump of it, and you're mm-hmm, just going mm-hmm. to get tortilla and 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 sour cream, and that's just not going to. You know, that's just not going to work um so yeah this is going to be the point of where everybody's like well geez i mean especially if these two idiots think that they can finish these orders but
3: uh i could th- finish that lunch order like i mean five double steak tacos you kevin you could knock that out
2: i'm sure i could i'm sure i could and you know i certainly have my hungry taco bell order and i have my i just need some food taco bell order and you know you always got to do the combo You got to do the combo so you get the drink and everything else. And they always like to just throw the random taco in there. And if you're not eating it almost immediately, the bottom is going to fall out of it and it's going to be a mess or whatever. At
3: least you know what you're getting.
2: Hot, you know, hot take right here. Del Taco tacos are better than Taco Bell tacos.
3: You know what? I'll, I'll tell you what, Kevin, we got one in Columbus and, and it's far, it's, for me, it's far east. It's like 25 minutes, but I will go there every couple of months because one, it's, it's a good value. You know, you can get some cheap stuff there. The tacos are good. Um, I mean, it, there's, there's plenty to like there. And even when I get it home 25 minutes later, it's not cold because they wrap it in foil and, and, it, and it, it lasts and it sticks. So yeah, once we get one up here on the North side, that'd be fantastic. But um, haven't, haven't done Del Taco in a while. I have the app, Kevin, you should try it. Try the app. I keep, I told you the app with Taco Bell um, you know, all of these apps, these fast food apps, like uh, you can get so much free, cheaper, f- cheaper fruit food, free food. Kevin, uh, you shouldn't be paying full price for anything. Not in America, not in twenty twenty two.
2: Well, I I will. I I downloaded the Taco Bell app at one point, and then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then then we just end up at Popeyes instead. <laughs> <I think
3: so. laughs> yeah, but. I, you know Popeyes, we uh, that is what it is. You never know what you're going to get, but it's all going to be good.
2: Steve putting a vote for the Jack and Bo- Jack and the Box Tacos. They are fantastic. The closest Jack in the Box to us here in Central Ohio is in Indianapolis. There is one oh, off. Really? Of, there is one off of Post Road, over by the BP station. For those who know the area, uh, before you get to Shadeland Avenue, if you're going into any, into Indianapolis, so I've never had them. Never oh, they're that. fantastic! They are fantastic. They are probably deadly, but they are did, fantastic. Did they you ever have, have the Burger King tacos? I did not. That would <laughs> that <laughs> would fly in the face of my anti-Burger King rhetoric.
3: <laughs> I forgot. That's true. Um, they've they've done them a couple times. The last time they were they were bad, um, and and I, I remember like they were being discontinued. I'm like, hey, you got any of those Burger King tacos? Like, well, we've got some. You know, it's like, oh, well, we've got, we haven't, we haven't thrown the rest of them out yet. But like before that, this had been, this had been probably like 15 years ago. It was basically just a taco shell, hard taco shell, ground beef. And then they would take like their cheese, like a strip of cheese and put it on it. And boom, there's your taco. And and granted that is a, in a, in a pinch, it's a taco, but um, probably still better than the McDonald's
2: pizza. I don't remember the McDonald's pizza. I, I do remember the uh, McDLT but I don't remember them. I'm, 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 aware, I'm, I'm aware of the McDonald's pizza, but I don't think I ever had the McDonald's pizza. I don't think before. I did either. I mean, that. I think that was out at a time where I would have had to like ride my bike there or something like that. And that just, that seems like a lot of work. That seems like a lot of work, but uh, interesting conversation about the, uh, about $28 at Taco Bell. I do agree with Tony that his, Calculated five soft taco order is the easiest path there. I do think I could finish my order. I do understand that the East German judge has officially protested my, uh, my, my, my quote unquote two drink strategy mm-hmm. and, and even kind of turned his nose at my ordering an extra cheese cup. But again, I was, I was 50 cents short. It was 60 cents it got me there so that's what i had to do um you know i'm going to give everybody homework who actually cares about it and to let you know let us know at buckeye huddle what your 28 dollar order would be and no we're not saying one that serves booze but uh
3: you know mine my la- my, my first one the big one or the second one the 3am one i did the calorie count on this and amazingly that all came down to this this thing here is 2800 calories basically i don't know the math on that but it's 28 bucks 2800 calories what is that is that a a dime a calorie a penny a calorie i don't know um yeah a penny a calorie right that's pretty amazing that it worked out that way i did not plan Uh, it like that
2: 795 calories
3: (laughs) so it's like 1.01 pennies per calorie or 99 cents a calorie whatever um, but yes, uh, pretty amazing that it came out to 2,800 calories on the dot. And, and really, um, I think every, has everybody had like a 2,800 calorie meal at some point or other,
2: you know, I, you know, I've probably if they've gone to like a Brazilian steakhouse or something like that, I could go to melting pot and do, a a lot of damage there. Um, because guilty confession It's like one of my favorite restaurants i my wife she's like "Eh, why do i want to cook my own food i'm like because it's cool it's fun (laughs) you know and we'll go and show you know the cheese course is fantastic and you know you get the breads and the apples and the carrots and the celery and everything else and and they bring out the salad and it's a good salad for what it is and then of course you know you got the chocolate the, the chocolate fondue at the end and then comes you know the main course is is the third course She makes it about halfway through her half. So I know that I'm gonna get to eat like, you know, one and a half orders of chicken and steak and whatever that we have there. Um, And then there's like a healthier way of doing it to where you're kind of poaching it, like in in flavored broth or whatever. And then there's the unhealthy version where you put it in the batter and you fry, I mean, and that's, and you walk out of there in your clothes and your jacket and your hair when you have it smell like like you worked at McDonald's for like a week and I'm like, Oh, I don't care. I love it. So melting pot is, is my jam. I love melting pot. My birthday is in a couple of weeks. I, even if I have to pay for it myself, I'm going to melting pot somewhere around my birthday because I absolutely love the place. But yes, uh, I see Steve talking about the Brazilian steakhouse. If you do that right, you can, I think you can get up to 2,800 calories. Got to eat the gristle, though. Well, the the, the trick to these places is you don't don't go to the salad bar that they have there. You don't win friends with salad. You don't win friends with salad. It depends.
3: Is there bacon on the salad bar?
2: There's all sorts of fun little things that, you know, sound good, you know, cheeses and stuff like that. But that's honestly that's where they derail you they get you to fill up on that stuff which is a lot less you know a lot less in terms of what their costs are and then you only get like you know four people bringing skewers one three four five times to you and you're done you got to go there eye on the prize this is just about eating the meat you know everything else were you with us uh the group that went in jacksonville no, we were there for the Gator Bowl and a bunch of media people. We didn't go to a chain one. We didn't go to Fogo to show. We didn't go to Texas Day Brazil. We went to just like this local, you know, Jacksonville Brazilian fair or something. I don't know. And it was, it was pretty good, but it's not a meal that I can do that often. And, you know, I love to have, you know, filet mignon and, you know, New York strip and everything else. But at some point, it becomes a little excessive. And it just becomes a little bit and, you know, we laugh about the term meat sweats, but mm-hmm. when you're experiencing them, it's it's not a good, it's not good. And needless to say, being out with a bunch of other college football writers, there was a lot of drinking going on, too. Last food question, and then we will recap with the Damon Wilson talk, and then we will call it a show. Uh, if you could bring back one campus establishment in terms of food now it was food and they had alcohol that's fair but you know a place had more than one thing like papa joe's yeah they had that they had that window that had the pizza mm-hmm. in there and it was always hotter than the sun and you'd burn the roof of your mouth and you'd come home and in the morning after you would wake up and just the roof of your mouth would be like on your tongue and you're like what the hell was i thinking um but what would you pick what would you want to bring back
3: Well, I I would say La Bamba because I never went. Like, I'm just, I was just a country kid that I I had to go to places I knew. And so I was not very, I I did not journey out into other foods. Like, I I didn't have, I didn't do Mark Pie or the number one Chinese or anything like that. Like, it was, you know, Taco Bell, Wendy's, McDonald's, and sometimes, like I said, Apollos. But I I would do, do La Bamba just to experience it. And get a burrito as large as my head. So I would bring that back. We did catfish biffs and it was fine. Um, I know a lot of people swear by it, but just for me, selfishly, I would say LaBamba just to experience it.
2: We'll let you in a little secret. There are still LaBambas in existence. Mm-hmm. Indiana, Illinois, Purdue all have LaBambas. Well, we should try it one of these times. Well, there you go. So it won't be the same. It won't be Ohio State, but certainly. The, the window is not closed. Now, unfortunately, we're not there on the road any time this season, so we'll have to, you know, for basketball, we'll figure something out. You know, I, I thought about as I was framing the question, I have two places, and I'm going to have to pick one or the other, but I'm going to mention both. And it would either be Flying Pizza, which turned into like O Patio and some other things, you know, But and it had a sister location in at Purdue called Garcia's Pizza in the Pan, and it was really good. Was it like the best pizza I ever had? No, but what was great was that they had like one day a week, you could get like a five topping pizza, you know, five topping slices for like the price of like a one topping slice. So I was like, oh my God, thank God. I, I'm going to, and I just loaded it up and I'd buy as many as I could and take them back or street scene. And I love going to street scene. They had great chili, they had great food. I mean, it was, you know, it was right there next to the Newport. You know, I have a lot of nostalgic memories about going to street scene because we were there all the time. But pizza's undefeated. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, flying uh, flying tomato. I I really miss flying tomato. And then somebody talking about flying pizza as well, which was like if you're going south on high street where like longs was, I think mm-hmm. flying pizza was like next to it. And this is Long's when it was on 15th, which then turned into SBX and now is like green space or whatever, since I don't even know what. The hell campus really has anymore uh hardy gin saying i'm a shaky's man but yeah hummus hero pita pit wasn't that was oh that was the peach pit that they went to on 90210 i yes. thought you're being ironic there um you know what so about there's the
3: mama's pasta and brew
2: i went to mama's pasta and brew shortly before it closed i had a bunch of fraternity brothers back in town and we kind of did a nostalgic we're gonna be those creepy old guys going to campus bars type of situation. We're gonna drink. We went to Bernie's, you know, before it went away, and we went to Mama's. Uh, that was a fantastic place. But uh, in, yeah, I, any final thoughts on the food before we talk, yeah. talk, little Damon Wilson, and then we get out of here? Yeah, no, 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 no.
3: We can we can go to go to Damon Wilson because I was gonna shout out a place that used to deliver beer, but they are still in existence. So I I don't want to um, incriminate them.
2: Would it be the one that's on Indianola? I don't, I honestly don't know.
3: It's over, um, this one might be Hudson. I don't know, but there was one in Indianola, but I, it's, you know, these kids today,
2: part of their deal is, is that, yeah, it was a big deal because they would deliver beer and they would deliver cigarettes.
3: Yeah, and they would deliver beer I mean, to underage
2: kids. People were very well. I, you know, I can't speak on that, but <laughs> I, I also, can. <laughs> I can talk about a place that no longer exists and be like Andy's Carryout on High Street. I mean, never met a never met an ID that it didn't like. I'll say that. <laughs> but yes, Damon Wilson. Damon Wilson, a uh, lot of buzz out there that things are trending in the right direction. Um, you know, certainly we had um, we had. Uh, Bryson Rogers, not Noah Rogers. Bryson Rogers come out and tweet a little cryptic thing out there that basically made it sound like some good news was coming. And uh, Mark Givler quickly had a little, you know, cryptic tweet of his own. Alex Lightman over at Buckeye Huddle has been very uh, positive on that one. And then in some of the other networks, we've seen some crystal balls and future cast drops. But, uh, you know, this is a big news. And I think that people have, have heard so much about Keon Keeley and Mateo out west. And maybe Damon Wilson doesn't get the notice that, you know, it's like, well, you know, he he's a good complimentary piece, but he's certainly not. He's he's no bronze medal. I'll tell you that he's he's every bit of a gold medal, something that Ohio State doesn't have in terms of at that position right now. And, and, and earlier in the show, Tony mm-hmm. kind of expanded upon that. If you could do that one more time.
3: Yeah, he's just an explosive pass rusher, like six four two hundred 235, 240 pounds a uh, really really talented athlete and you um it might be what jack sawyer was three years ago you know something like that where he, he at one point he was like 6'4 240 just an explosive guy fast dude um when, when i comped him uh d- did a comparison on the the huddle message board i was like you know he's he's like noah spence and and, and ryan shazier if they had a baby you know that that kind of explosion um you know and that's it, that's a, it's it's a lot. But Ryan Shazir, if you go back and watch like his high school highlights, he he did a lot of rushing on the edge because it's like you're the best athlete in the state. Just go get the quarterback. So he would. But he's he's got first and he's he's explosive coming off the corner like that. So um, you know, somebody that could play right away and, and as we talked about, because they're losing three seniors off of the defensive end group, and you know, who knows what happens with transfers as well. So if you can get a freshman that can play right away in and, and any kind of and maybe that's play as much as Caden Curry plays this year something like that I think um I think you could see that from Damon Wilson if he chooses to become a Buckeye
2: so there you go uh, again nothing nothing has announced uh yet at that point but things seem to be trending in the right direction you know keep an eye on the internet potentially a basketball commitment could be coming this weekend as well for the class of 2024 you know we've we're here in mid-october we're not that far away from the December signing period. So things are going to start heating up. So no better time than now to get involved with Buckeye Once again, Buckeye huddle.com, uh, the permanent home of Tony, Tom, myself, Mark, Alex, Ross, Justin, Devin, uh, Derek web. We're all, we're all contributors over at Buckeye huddle, you know, for the price, you know, for 40 some cents a day, you know, 40 some cents a day, you can get all the best Buckeye news, best Buckeye community. We have so many people who are, active posters in our in our chats here online who are members over there they'd be the first ones to tell you and if you already are a member of buckeye huddle and you want to rep the site look down in the comments below in terms of you know the description of this video and we have a link to our store hats t-shirts quarter zips all available right now for a limited time only get your you, you love the site you love buckeye huddle you want to you want to support it wear the gear you know whenever anybody asks you what that is get them on board but uh any final thoughts before we send people off into their weekend, Tony
3: uh Tennessee over Alabama final
2: thought there you go even even with their starting safety uh suspended for the game. I didn't know that Kevin Yes, yes still still okay, just checking well, I'm gonna call my shot right now um, uh, Penn State's gonna get Michigan Penn state oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that. I can't say that I'm necessarily full bore 100% on that thing, but I think that Franklin goes less Franklin than Harbaugh goes Harbaugh in it. And we talked about that earlier, which which, which coach is going to touch the baby less, and I think it's going to be Penn State. I think that Penn State will allow its players to get out there and play, and Jim Harbaugh will just Harbaugh it up, and it won't happen. But I'm looking for something in the neighborhood of 21 17 Penn State.
3: All right. All right. Also, USC over Utah because of Alex Grinch's defense.
2: I'm going to say USC over Utah just because I think that SC is going to win the games that it's supposed to, but I I expect SC to trip up in a dumb one this year. I really do. And I don't expect SC to be undefeated by the time it plays UCLA, but I don't expect UCLA to be undefeated either. I think it's a little bit of a. A little bit of fool's gold, but how nice is it on an HD TV to see them both wearing their home uniforms? Would you want to see Ohio State and Michigan wear their homes?
3: Thousand percent. Yes, I've said this for years now. Do that. Um, don't. I, I'm okay with alternate uniforms, but not for that game. Like, in, it, like I would rather see both home uniforms and somebody do alternate uniforms. So yes, I would love to see both teams wear home uniforms for a couple of years. Just to um, see what just to see it. I mean, come on.
2: It's just me. Tim wants us to do a watch long of Penn State versus Michigan. I can assure you that I won't do a whole three hour, three and a half hour show there. But you, you may, you may see me jump on here after that game. That again is why you should subscribe to the channel, hit that bell, give us a thumbs up, all of that good stuff, so you don't miss any of our great programming. But before we dovetail into something else. It's five o'clock somewhere, just not in the Eastern time zone of the United States, but it is like in the Caribbean. So I'm going to go get me a red stripe. You get one too. Have a wonderful weekend. And thanks for watching the Big Me Kickoff.